On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are finally, at long last, coming across the finish line for our top 100 things to watch slash storyline slash bullet points slash who the hell even knows at this point college basketball preview tape. Yeah, we are lost in the footnotes. We are letting everyone know what we think about college basketball. We are getting in the weeds. And like you said, we finally, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. We mm-hmm. got to the final preview show. We've done quadrants before. We've done teams before. We try to come up with a new model every single year. It always confuses us, and, just like yeah. it confuses you. And we have a great time. That's part of the show. It's part and of we learn a lot along the way. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to learn a little more today. We, we are doing our top 25 uh just stuff yeah stuff who the hell knows that, yeah that, things, that's all things the- to know things to watch things that may happen things that we care about in college basketball simple as college that. basketball starts next week folks it starts next week it's time it's time mm. to it's time to lock in it's time to tighten up it's happening and we're going to talk about it but first woody durham he takes the time out they're out of All right, before we dive in, Tate, uh, a couple of housekeeping things. Number one, we did an NBA draft special. I, I assume most people that listen to the podcast know how podcast feed work, that like if you came to click on this show, you probably saw that it was already there. But I feel mm-hmm. like saying it because, you know, we have some older listeners that don't know how technology works. So, uh, yeah, go. you can go listen. If you watch the NBA draft and you want to hear our thoughts, we did a show last night, uh, Wednesday night, I mean, um, where we we watched the draft, and then as soon as it was over, we sat down and and hashed it out. So there's that in your podcast feed. Yeah, it's there. It's a bonus episode, and we want to you know reiterate that again. It is a bonus episode because bonus. upon re- upon reflection, I forgot to mention that Leonard Hamilton should have been in that broadcast. We should have gotten mm-hmm. some Coach Ham time, but you know I'll leave that for later. But yeah. yes, that episode did happen. Yes, we did cover the draft, and now we're happy to get back to college basketball. When we do bonus episodes, the reason we say bonus so many times is because I think. <laughs> We're allowed to just be drunk during that episode. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. For like, hey, it's a bonus episode. Let's just get tanked. Who cares? Yeah, it doesn't count. It, 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 we, we drink and we throw things at the wall yeah. at that point, <laughs> and uh, and we see what hits and sticks, and it's, uh, it's a great exhi- time. So exhibition episode. Say. Yeah, it's, it go, go enjoy it. Another announcement. This one's a little more fun, I would say. Uh, so on Monday night, the twenty fourth, I believe, is what the the is it the twenty fourth? I should probably look at the calendar. Mm-hmm. It is the it's a 23rd i'm a moron okay the 23rd. Uh, monday the 23rd <laughs> of november <laughs> on fs1 at 10 eastern 7 pacific mm. it's isaiah thomas with five <laughs> seconds i felt like i was gonna stress right there. monday at 10 eastern 7 pacific tate and i are hosting the fox sports college hoops preview on fs1 we're doing it tate we're, we're we, on we television taken. yeah yeah, it's 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 going to be good. So you should watch it. So yeah, I just wanted to play the it. last time that we went on TV, we wore tuxedos. We did the ultimate college basketball fan bracket. We we gave out North a Carolina billboard won. to North Carolina. Yes. Yep. And uh, a lot of people thought that we'd never make it back, but we did make it back. We and we're previewing college basketball, so, which is what we're here to do today. So yeah, you, you know, I, I, I in the same vein, I'm going to say it again. We, this might be the last time we're ever on TV. They might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time could be the last time. It That's why we enjoy time. it. Yeah. That's why you got to you got to lock in and watch because because you never know when the last time you'll see our faces on TV will be. Uh, all right, let's get into it. 25 through one, we're working backwards. We start with number 25, and it comes on the heels of this NBA draft. The number 25 most interesting thing happening in college basketball, to me and you right mm. now, mm. is Tom Crean now has a number one pick on his resume, Tate. 
This does this scare you? Should the rest of the country be afraid of Tom Crean, a man who has been able to throw Victor Oladipo's name out, a man who has been able to throw Dwayne Wade's name out when he gets in these living rooms with recruits, mm. can now throw Anthony Edwards the number one pick. He can throw that name out. He's just building his army here, Tate. And I feel like Tom Crean in the SEC already is a dangerous situation. Now you're throwing a number one pick on top of it. I'm just saying. Things are happening, and you said this in 2017. You said it's 27 Kareen. We thought that it was the year of the Kareen We thought that he was going to rise to the top and be great, and it did not work in 2017, but it did work in 2020. Mm -hmm. He gets Anthony Edwards. He gets his surefire number one pick, and he gets a new term because we've heard the term one and done since 2006. We, we've beaten it to, you know, like as much as anyone in the media, you and I, we always bring it up when we talk about guys. He has his own term for these types of players predestined say that one more time predestined that is what anthony edwards was he said that that is the caliber of players that he is looking for he is looking for predestined talent to come to athens georgia this is what we call bulletin board material in tom crean's world it means i hang this up i say do you remember this do you remember yeah. when i did this uh -huh. and this time it was the number one pick anthony edwards the ant-man himself and uh we couldn't be more excited for tom crean because he's going to talk about this for the next decade. Yeah, you want to talk about predestined. I mean, that that does apply to Anthony Edwards because it seems like his attitude towards basketball is that he was just destined to do this. And like mm -hmm. he didn't necessarily want mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was predestined. Yeah, it was he pre was like, he's like hey, I do I have another here, choice? They're like, no, no go play in Minnesota. Uh, so you're asking yourself, is Tom Crean, I mean, like cool, cool little narrative you guys are building uh, that mm -hmm. Tom Crean is going to, you know, kill on the recruiting trail with this and whatever. But like, is there any truth to that, Mark? And to that, I say, yeah, there's a mm. uh, there's a five star wing by the name of Amino Muhammad. I looked this up on t according to twenty four seven, twenty four seven sports. You know, like they're 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 a reputable. Yes, right? are they not Absol recruiting absolutely? Servers? Yeah, yeah. So, Scout.com, uh, formerly of Scout. Five star wing in the class of twenty twenty one. Aminu Muhammad is his name. He is a very heavy Georgia lean. So mm. uh, makes you think. Georgia lean, by the way, seems like. A phrase for it means something else. But, uh, well, it, it seems like a song from like D4L in 2004. Yeah. You know what I mean? But or, uh, yeah, there you are. But there you have it. Like that could be the next guy. So maybe learn the name now, Aminu Muhammad. That's going to be the Mount Rushmore complete of of Tom Crean wings. Is that what we're is that what we're thinking? Maybe I don't know. I mean, I mean, the final question: When does KCP somehow sneak into that list where we have mm -hmm. Tom Crean listing out the guys that have made it to the NBA, and he's like, of course, NBA champion, Contavious Caldwell Pope, five star recruit, one and done guy. Last last thought on this, uh, it should be mentioned. Georgia was absolutely horrible last year. Georgia sixteen going, and sixteen. Yeah, Georgia yeah. is going to be absolutely horrible this year. Eight new guys. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. As 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 we are learning in the SEC specifically with Bruce Pearl and John Calipari dominating our television screen during the draft. I don't think the SEC basketball. You're trying to win games. I think you're mm -hmm. trying to win brand wars. And Will mm -hmm. Wade is certainly throw his name in the mix here. I think you're trying to win brand wars. And Tom Tom Crean is going to do that with the number one pick. So uh, keep an eye on that, folks. Yeah. And the final thing we'll say about Georgia basketball: if you ever want to see a team where every single player somehow is left-handed, that is the Georgia basketball <laughs> team. Uh, they they just they're all southpaws. So uh, that's, that's another fun wrinkle. That's, that's Crean's recruiting strategy. Like Coach Mata used to say, he wanted guys with skinny ankles. Yeah, yeah. He and likes Crean's the zag. He's like, I, I go left-handed. They can't handle the southpaw. think about it, when guys are closing out, they're used to closing out against right-handed guys. So if we do left-hand only, we're going to get a lot you know, <laughs> a lot more open shots. That's Coach Green. <laughs> That's Coach Green's voice. Uh, all right, moving on. Number 24. Uh, this is more of a broad topic, but I, I feel like it's worth mentioning. What is the non-conference season going to look like, Tate? That's just that's the question. Mm. And, and it's a good one for this reason, because 
I don't think I even really know. I don't think anybody <laughs> knows. I think things are getting canceled. Teams are dropping out. Force majeure is getting thrown around left and mm-hmm. right. Where has where do we where does it all when the dust settles? Where where does it leave us? Is the question everyone has. Like we know that the season starts on Wednesday, but does the season start on Wednesday? Like mm-hmm. what what are we going? What are we going to see when we turn on our televisions? So I made a list. I, I went through. I did the research because I, I honest to God, if you would have asked me before I looked this up, I'd have been like, I think like. Can Zaga play somebody, right? Like one of those first days? That's all I really know. So on the 25th, the zombie Atlantis in South Dakota. Is bad starting. Boy Bowers Classic. Yeah, the Bad Boy, what I just call zombie Atlantis because it was uh, – it, it is now – I don't even know if that's a, a, the right term anymore because like the teams that were that signed up for Atlantis, it feels like none of them are still there. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a totally been, new group. It's yeah. a totally new group of teams. They're just one by one have dropped out. Uh, Duke, Utah, Ohio State, Dayton, and Texas A&M have all pulled out at, at various points of this. So it's West Virginia, Creighton, Memphis, Wichita State, St. Mary's. There are a handful of others that nobody cares about. Uh, that's going to start on the 25th. We have Maui, And, of and course, it just came in that Creighton is also pulling out. So the bad boys mowers. Oh, are not, they really? Yeah, yeah. Creighton is pulling out <laughs> as well. So uh, the list keeps climbing. I, I feel bad for the bad boys. There may oh be no God. classic. Yeah. The zombie Atlantis tournament is so good. That's what a what a West Virginia is is. They're saying we're chugging like a right along. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's no, go. they're gonna do the Florida State. They're just gonna show up and get the they get the trophy. trophy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The it's a war of attrition. Literally, it's like you're the only yeah. team left. You win. Uh so there's that. There is. Uh, so the next that that starts the 25th on the 26th. And 27th, we have the Fort Myers tip-off, and mm. the the branding of that maybe doesn't do anything for you, Tate, but maybe this will. Gonzaga is playing Kansas on November 26th. That is that is a big-time matchup. That is on Thursdays. So uh, be excited for that. Also, Auburn and St. Joe's are going to be in that one. So uh, there's that. We have Maui, of course. Tate and I will be in Maui. Mm. Uh, on the on the beautiful shores of of Maui, there in Nashville, North Carolina. <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> for great the, for the Maui Invitational. That's November thirtieth. Uh, all the teams that signed up for that still in it. We got we got UNC, your Tar Heels, the the Indiana Hoosiers, the Texas Longhorns, Stanford, Providence, Alabama, UNLV. Who, who am I missing? Davidson. Davidson. Yeah, I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, there's Maui. Uh, what else we got? We have the Champions Classic is happening still. Michigan State will be going to Duke. Uh, Kentucky and Kansas are going to be playing in Indianapolis. That is on December 1st. Uh, we have – what else? What else do I have on the – ACC Big Ten Challenge, that's a go. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. going to be playing on campus. So we, we have that. Oh, the big one. This is the big one, I think. Uh, the Jimmy V Classic is December 2nd in Indianapolis. It is Baylor versus Illinois. It is Gonzaga versus Tennessee. Wow. So those could all be – I mean, by the time that rolls around, if you told me those are the top four teams in the country for that event – that's that's plausible. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's plausible. Those are mm-hmm. those are four very good teams. Mm-hmm. We also have the CBS Sports Classic. Our, our alma maters will be playing each other. Ohio State Cleveland, December nineteenth, Kentucky and UCLA. That'll be a, that'll be a great event. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what Gonzaga is playing Iowa in a one off game, December nineteenth. Gonzaga is playing Baylor in Indianapolis on December fifth. So we we have a lot of good games, is what I'm saying. Like I just wanted to remind everybody because because a lot of the news coming out is things are canceling, guys are dropping out. Are we going to have a season? As of right now, that's a pretty good non-conference group, right? Because it seems like it seems like the narrative is that let's just get the conference season because like this is an absolute, as Jeff Goodman has said many times over, an absolute shit show. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Seems like we're all right, right? Yeah, Jeff Goodman said to the world today, as long as Kentucky and Duke are playing, college basketball is happening. And I think that I I keep saying this to you. I don't know if I get that, but I get that somehow. And I think <laughs> that's where we sense, are. Yeah. yeah, it makes total sense. And 
I, I think a question that you and I asked two years ago to each other, we, we talked about, you know, the battle for Atlantis and the Maui Invitational and the Champions Classic and which, you know, then we had the PK 80. We had all these non-conference, these premier prestige tournaments, whatever you want to call it. And all of them have subsided and only one rose mm -hmm. to the top and it was yep. the Maui Invitational mm -hmm. and they have everything held together. And I feel like as long as the Maui, Maui happens, as long as we get the Maui magic, mm -hmm. as long as we see those teams playing in Asheville, I will have hope and uh, we'll be in the bubble for that experience. So we're going to see non-conference basketball up, up close and personal uh, yeah. and we're going to report on all the whole thing. So it'll be good. Yeah. yeah. Maui there bump coming yeah. here. Uh, what, like a, It'll be about a week, yeah. uh, two weeks. It's like two yeah. weeks. We're yeah, leaving yeah. in a week, and then yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out when the Maui bump will be official. That's got like Shock second, in right? there, got Roy yeah. in there, that's got Arch in there. That's gonna be great. That's yeah. gonna be a great event. Uh, all right, number twenty three on our list. Uh, <laughs> Mac McClung is is now eligible at Texas Tech. Uh, we interviewed him for. I, I don't want to spoil the interview. We, we he's going to be on the show on Monday mm. night on FS1. Um, we asked him point blank. Are you Riff Raff's cousin? He gave us a point blank answer. I don't tune want to in Monday that. night yeah, at ten <laughs> to see what he says. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to use this one. We're not going to address that because we don't want to spoil it. But we will address the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who a lot of people are high on. The Big Twelve is absolutely loaded, as we know it always is. Uh, Kansas, Baylor, West Virginia is good, but don't forget about Texas Tech. You're mm -hmm. defending runner-up, <laughs> national runner-up. Texas Tech Red Raiders uh, still defending, you know, they're, they, they are going to be a fun team. They're going to have, they're going to have a ton of wings. They're going to have Mac McClung. They're going to have uh, Avery Benson. Who's, who's an absolute maniac who, who looks like he should be playing for West Virginia. Uh, I love that guy. I think they got, I think they got a, uh, brought in a couple of good recruits too. got some mm -hmm. transfers. Yeah. Your thoughts. Texas Tech is the team right now in America that is, uh, I think, what Eric Musselman was trying to do at Nevada, which is try to get the scrap parts of these other teams that have talent and then put them together in a house mm. and say, we're family. Let's all come mm. together. One mission, one goal. And I think with Texas Tech, I mean, their mantra as a team is we want all the smoke. And I think that mm. says a lot about who they are as a team. And for the older listeners, that means that they want to be pressed. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. they, they don't mind to be in uncomfortable situations. They enjoy them, actually. They thrive mm -hmm. in them, actually. Uh, Mac McClung is White Iverson. Uh, he came out right around the time that Post Malone dropped that song. He goes to Georgetown, wears number two. Felt like it, it just didn't quite live up to the expectations. He seems re-energized. He switches mm -hmm. back to number zero. That mm -hmm. was his high school number. He was a state champion wearing number zero. He's zero fits him. Like yeah. zero, it makes a lot of sense. His attitude, his approach to the game, he feels like a zero type of guy that just like has the chip on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that what Gilbert Maybe Arenas White Westbrook, said, that's what we're saying. Didn't Gilbert Arenas wear zero because he said he was a zero star recruit and like he just wanted to rub it in everyone's face yeah so they didn't they don't know anything not, yeah but yeah, yeah. agent zero I, I feel like guys who wear zero do have a nice edge to them that's yeah i like yeah. that so <laughs> yeah and that's what mcclellan <laughs> is bringing to uh texas tech and i think if anything you and i have been astounded by chris beard just becoming a a stalwart in the game of college basketball when you talk about top programs top coaches guys to yeah. be quote-unquote afraid of guys to watch out for as we talk about championship contenders and guys that can lead to big programs so I, I think anyway you know regardless of what was happening with the players in texas tech they seem to rotate out because they bring in a lot of transfers every year there is consistency with chris beard there is a culture there so they're always going to be intriguing and mac mcclung just makes uh, a little bit more flair there so and in in the same way we made the point leading up to the draft about peyton Pre who we both love and we said he's not just a meme like he's going to be mm. treated like a meme 
just because he's like a white guard, but uh, he's actually a very good basketball player. Uh, I, I want to make that point about Mac McClung. He is he is an excellent basketball player. Yeah, he's, he's really more good than at just basketball. like a guy yeah. who dunks and uh, wears Allen Iverson jerseys at Allen Iverson's event and mm-hmm. may or may not be Ruth Raff's cousin. Like that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> if, you're like, if you're like actually watch him play, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's right. He can shoot. He can like make plays. Like he's actually very good. <laughs> he's he's going to be a problem. Wow, forgot about that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what this iteration of Texas Tech is going to look like. Number, number 22. 22. Go ahead. Uh, number, I was going to say, I want to take this. You, this you, is, yeah, you're fired up about this one. Well, we're in Big Ten country, and I feel yeah. like this is the, the conversations that need to be had because we had the, the 75 picks that we needed to get to this point in time because it, it is Big Ten basketball. We know what the drought is. I, we talked about it ad nauseum every time that you and I uh, talk about the Big Ten in general. But number 22, is Illinois the best team in the Big Ten? Mm-hmm. And then I'll add a caveat to that. And is the best team in the Big Ten good enough to be the best team in the country this year? Mm-hmm. I asked no, you, Mark I, Titus. Well, it's like I told you uh, the the epiphany I had that I I think – I don't think the best team and I don't think the team that's going to be the best in the Big Ten in terms of like winning the Big Ten is going to be the best chance the Big Ten has of winning mm. a national championship. Mm. And I think the reason I say that is because I'm just trying to throw as many <laughs> lines out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's good. That's good. I'm just trying to like widen the net. But no, it really feels like Wisconsin is the best suited team to win the Big Ten. But no, that's not what I said. What did I write about? I said Illinois is the best team in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. But Wisconsin's going to be the best team for the uh, – that's what I meant. Yeah. I, I do think Illinois is the best team in the Big Ten. I think Illinois has a star power. Uh, Desumu, to me, is the best two-way player in college basketball. Mm-hmm. I think if I could pick any guy – like, Gars is the best player, obviously, but uh, there's there's a lot to be desired on defense, you know? But, like, the, the, the guy who can – if you asked him, like, please, please just neglect this entire side of the ball – and you told Desumu, like, well, I don't want you to shoot at all. Just play defense. He could be the best defender in the country mm-hmm. if you really want him to be. Or mm-hmm. if you did the opposite, you're like, hey, just take some plays off on defense. I need you to score 25 a game. You'd be like, done. He could do that as well. And then you got Coburn. You got Trent Frazier, your your namesake. You, yes. You, you love him. Uh, yes. But Sean Isvili gets a lot of flack. Like, he, <laughs> he he didn't have a great – like, he was up and down last year. I like the guy. He, he's kind of my nose all Eastern. Like, I tuned into the right mm. games. He brought some energy. And he's you just like saying his name. Let's I like saying his name, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, but Sean Isvili, like, he's not – if <laughs> did it again. Oh uh, no! They 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 added a uh, they Illinois got a uh, a big recruit too. They got a Chicago recruit. I think we need to bring that up because that is mm. always the thing with Illinois. That's the litmus test. Like, are you getting the Chicago recruits? And the answer is yes. They got the the, the four star kid uh, Adam Miller, combo guard. It's basically Illinois is basically going to be like four guards around Coburn, and they're they're going to be fun. They're going to be like a modern offense. I think Wisconsin is an old school Big Ten team. Iowa feels a little bit like that, except with like more shooting i guess and illinois is like we're, we're a modern team we're, mm-hmm. we're gonna play four out we're gonna have athletes we're gonna have coburn down there just do- dunking on everybody yeah i love it yeah and i was gonna say and i think you know illinois fans would like us to point out that the last time we saw iowa play illinois you know it was at illinois and illinois had the you know the just an amazing moment there and they kind of sent a message so they they were riding high with the momentum when yeah. you talk about this team so the expectations are a lot higher than they were last year last year was kind of like oh this is nice illinois seems to be back and you know brad underwood there he has be able been able to create a culture that is illinois based the brand is mm-hmm. illinois based it is not brad underwood based you and i find that 
fascinating when you're able to manipulate that. It seems like it's a cool school to play at, and it, it had lost a little bit of that because of Cliff Alexander, and, and that was like the last <laughs> moment that you thought of. Um, and and when you, and you and I think of Illinois, we think yeah. of you know D Brown, Darren Williams, mm-hmm. and you know Roger Powell, and, and those guys in 2005, obviously. So to have them in that place uh, in the Big Ten and nationally. It's good for yeah, Illinois. This is the, it's this good is the, for Chicago recruits. It's good for everybody. This is definitely the best team since 05. Yeah. I said. Yeah, yeah. But I don't they're not gonna be as good as 05, but they're gonna be pretty good. I, I, I am slightly worried about their depth. I will say that. Like, I don't mm. know. Uh, I like their starting five. I like Bashanas Philly. I like saying his name Bashanas Philly. I make fun of Robbie Hummel for saying Bashanas Philly <laughs> all the time, and then yeah. I've fallen into the trap, and here I am saying Bashanas Philly. Uh but I, yeah, I, I don't know about their depth, but that, that might just be ignorance. I just might not know a lot of the guys, but like, I was, I, you know, you look at the roster, you're like, eh, kind of, kind of falls off after, but you know, maybe they got some surprises. I don't know about, I, I do like Illinois though. They're, they're probably my favorite team. Yeah. We're, we are bandwagon yeah. Illinois fans. That's, yeah. that's the last thing we should say when we talk about Illinois, we are all yeah. in, we are going to watch, we're going to enjoy, and we hope that they deliver because they're due. Uh, Number 21 on the list, Marcus Zagorowski uh, was snubbed from the preseason All-America team. And I, I think if you're looking at the preseason All-America team and you're looking for a guy to take off to put Zagorowski in his place, it's Remy Martin probably. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would probably pick Remy Martin. Whatever. It was cool for Arizona State fans to have that. Whatever. But I just wanted to point out that uh, Zagorowski is going to be a problem. He is, he's going to be the best player in the Big East. He is... Tyshawn Alexander leaves Creighton. He was our leading yep. scorer last year, averaging 17 points a game. Went undrafted. Should have got but, drafted last yeah, night. He yeah, he And and that's bad in the sense that like you're losing a, a great score or whatever. It's good in the sense that that's a lot of shots now to go around, mm-hmm. and a lot of a, a big vacancy for, in terms of playmaking. And uh, you got to be out of your mind if you think Zagorowski's not going to step up to the to the task. He's going to be unbelievable, especially in that offense. And and McDermott's all, the way Creighton. Uh, scores and 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 gets up and down the floor like it's 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 a perfect match. Yeah, and Creighton's one of those teams that we talked about guys that have gotten over the mid major label and have have entered themselves into the uh, top tier of college basketball. Creighton, it's not just because of the bag dropping that they've gotten to that sphere. They have been able to compete. They obviously had the Dougie McDermott years and. They've just had great play, like Tyshawn Alexander. I think is a great player. Who who was the the guy that they got with the bag? Was it Patton? Was it Justin Patton? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, The the center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I I think I can't remember what year that was. Twenty sixteen, twenty fifteen, something like that. But yeah, I I heard. I I did hear that Doug McDermott, uh, Creighton's coach, was was like given illegal benefits to Doug McDermott his whole life. He was like letting. He was giving him housing Mm. and clothes and report it. Report it. That joke sucked. Why did I say that out loud? Uh, all right. <laughs> what were you saying? No, let's just, you know, Creighton is a lowercase blue blood. We're, we're going to try to pander to Creighton as we yeah. uh, as we talk about them. I know Creighton no. fans think that I hate him because of, you know, yeah, 2012. Well, you, have, but, you have reasons. Yeah. I, I also think Creighton is a, is a fun bandwagon pick because I – I, part of the bandwagon power rankings that I, I a lot of the thought that goes into it is like obviously storylines. So you're looking at like a uh, a situation with Creighton. They haven't made the Sweet 16 basically ever. Is is, is my understanding? Like it, mm-hmm. it, it's been a very long time since they've been to the Sweet 16. Illinois, same sort of thing. Like they've they've been tortured in a lot of ways. Oklahoma State, we like them because of their situation, which we'll get to in a little bit. But what what takes it to the next level for me is just fun, just like a team that's fun. And I think Creighton is on my short list of candidates to have the the most fun offense. It's mm-hmm. going to be like Creighton, Iowa, Gonzaga's got to be on that list. 
Villanova probably. Yeah. Um, I don't know who else. Maybe Baylor. Baylor probably not because they they're more defensive minded. But like Baylor might sneak onto the. They might. Like, but yeah, that that's so to me that matters because Creighton's going to be fun to watch. Whether they win or lose, they're going to be fun to watch. We know that much. Yeah, and Creighton, Nebraska. I just want to point that out. I think it has the the next five to ten years. That's going to be a great rivalry. You know, with Hoiberg Ooh. there at Nebraska, and I think. They, they, they've played each other 44 straight years or something like that. So there's history to that rivalry. And I like the, uh, with Creighton being where they are as a quote unquote lowercase blue blood, I think Nebraska is going to get back uh, to a competitive place. The, and I think it's a good rivalry. So Nebraska versus Creighton has been called before the Seton Hall Rutgers of the Midwest, is what people are saying. So that's, that's, that's a headline that, that I've seen. <laughs> I've read that. that Keeping it in the Big East, Creighton is expected to play uh the, the 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 biggest threat they're expected to be the biggest threat we'll say in the big east to the team we want to talk about at number 20 which is villanova and mm-hmm. your question is 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 jay wright still top dog i i thought initially you wrote is jay wright still top dilf is how i read mm-hmm. that pretty much pretty much you're, <laughs> you're ba- it's the same point tony tony bennett has tony bennett overtaken jay wright <laughs> it, it, Jay Wright is the man that every housewife in America they see and they go, he looks like a great guy, and yeah. I like that coach. And yeah. uh, Jay Wright had that handled, and then Tony Bennett came in, kind of you know swooped it away. But also, I feel like Jay Wright is you know he could have been at the forefront and been the face of college basketball if he wanted to, but he kind mm-hmm. of picks and chooses the spots. So that's why I asked that question. You know, he wins two national championships in three years. Obviously, you know he he is a top so- dog as far as a coach, but. He he seems to be kind of chilling in the background a little bit right now. What what yeah? What's his what's his brand play? As we were saying earlier, like having a brand in college basketball is the move now. It's not just winning games. The brand is lot, I do but... not want five stars. I think that mm-hmm. after Quinterly uh, goes there and they have the struggles. I mean, every single time that Villanova uh, kind of gets to the mountaintop or gets to a place where you know they're bringing in five star recruits, things tend to go to hell. And Jay Wright uh, kind of has to reassess situation and start mm-hmm. finding grittier guys. That's how the Jalen Brunson era began. You know, even though. Jalen was a highly recruited guy. It was, uh, you know, them going after a bunch of five stars that didn't pan out, that didn't fit the Villanova way. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they have been able to, uh, to been able to be in cahoots or in competition for some of the top guys. And when they're in that position, I don't think they feel comfortable there. So I think Jay Wright's just trying to, the brand play is to chill. And just to, to, to sit back, let it, and yeah. to, to have the Villanova kids that want to play there come there. We'll find them. We'll find our Dante but, Divincenzo's in Delaware. Uh, we don't need top flight five star guys that have you know shoe deals already signed basically before they come to Villanova. That's interesting because uh, for the longest time, Jay Wright was the guy who would lose in the second round and then show up during the Sweet 16 on the CBS mm-hmm. set, breaking down the tournament for everybody. And he was doing the media rounds in that regard. And uh, it does feel like, and and we haven't had a lot of tournaments since since he's won his two titles. But if if I'm if I'm guessing moving forward, if Villanova starts getting upset in the second round, maybe we don't see Jay Wright as much. Maybe he's just mm-hmm. like I was doing that because I was trying to get out in front of things. I was trying to control narratives, whatever. Now I've won two titles. Mm-hmm. It speaks for itself. I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna I'm gonna fall back and chill. I think it's um, one of those Billy Donovan things too, because Billy Donovan won two titles. I think I've said this on the show before. He won two titles and said he thought that everyone would say, "Hey, there's two-time national champion Billy Donovan right there." Turns out yeah. that's not how people recognize no. you, and no. there's not like a cloak of uh, accomplishment that that sits around you, and people don't treat you differently because you have that. And I think Jay Wright, not that he had that sort of epiphany, but like you said, I think he is content with where he is mm-hmm. and. 
doesn't feel so, like he has to go do the Bruce Pearl roadside interview to, to get attention. Uh, Villanova loses Sadiq Bay. Um, mm-hmm. kind of slipped in the draft. I don't know how much we talked about that on, on their draft show, but uh, whatever, doesn't matter. Moving on. Uh, they they basically bring everyone back. I mean, yeah, right. Like, I mean, Colin Gillespie is really like is the, the guy. The, yeah, is the face. Yeah, Justin of Moore, uh, yeah. Robinson, Earl's back. Villanova. The thing you need to know if you didn't watch much Villanova last year, if you you have you. Haven't you know you're not really into college basketball at all, and you're trying to get into it this year. You want to mm-hmm. you're like tell me about Villanova. Uh, every single guy that sees the floor for them basically can shoot threes. I'd say Cosby <laughs> Roundtree is the one who will get a little minutes, but he only played like seven minutes last year a game. So yeah, that that's that's Villanova. Villanova Creighton games must watch. You're gonna want to watch those. Those are gonna mm-hmm. be fun to watch. There's gonna be a lot of offense going on, a lot of playmaking. Um, but yeah, Villanova is up there with with Baylor and Gonzaga and uh in everyone's mind. It's like throw those three in a hat, pick one out, and that's we'll, we'll say that that's the best team in the country. And, and it does feel like Villanova somehow is under the radar this year with the talent pool that they have. Jeremiah mm-hmm. Robinson Earl, like you mentioned, he is a, a NBA caliber player. I think Colin Gillespie is maybe better than Archie Diacono. I don't want to get ahead mm-hmm. of myself, but I, they have a really good team, so they have a real chance to make it. I, I, will, I will say this too, though. I... I think their defense has to be a little better. I don't think mm-hmm. like I don't think their offense is so good. I don't think this group of Villanova guys, their offense is so good that they can get away with not playing defense. And granted, I th- their defense isn't awful. Their their defense isn't Iowa bad. It's not like absolutely horrendously bad. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they if they're if they're going to win a national title, they got they got to play mm-hmm. a little better defense than they did last year. I'll just say that. Yeah, like, we'll say that. The, their that, offense is a fair point. Yeah, their offense isn't explosive enough to get away with a few defensive laps that they have. But anyway, moving on. Go ahead. Go mm. ahead. Mm. Say it out loud. Here number it is. 19. <laughs> yeah, number 19. You wrote this one down. This is not mine. So I don't know. I don't think this is a headline. Uh, but according to Mark Titus and his sources, North Carolina lost to Ohio State at home by 25 last year. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I did, I had no I did not watch that game. I, I was covering my eyes uh, for, in the team. <laughs> For this section, I put in no notes, zero notes. So I just left it blank. I just left the headlines for itself. Uh, tell the people about the Tar Heels, Tate. Yeah, so the North Carolina Tar Heels last year, it did not happen. Go ahead and wipe that away. Uh, this is a men in black moment. Flash the light. Get rid of it. it. It Just don't worry about it. But also celebrate Cole Anthony, 15th in the draft. Congratulations mm-hmm. to Cole Anthony. Still this had more lottery picks than Duke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It <laughs> it's a good day. So I, I texted my brother, uh, Gil, who is the – the number one North Carolina basketball person in the world, in my opinion, the guy that knows everything that needs to be known in North Carolina basketball circles. He said the real crux of what's going on in North Carolina is the second best player on the team, Mark Titus, is Dayron Sharp. He is from mm. North Carolina, the eastern part of the state. He is a big man. North Carolina has a log jam of big men at the you know in the front court. They have Garrison Brooks, guy who was ACC pre- preseason player of the year. I have never ever know, in my life know. seen that. I, I and I like North Carolina basketball. I do. Garrison Brooks never seen that, but apparently the uh, the uh, the fellow media people have. Okay, he's there. Uh, and then you look at uh, Amando Baycott, who is you know showed some signs of life last year in the Bahamas. Everyone was like, "Wow, this guy looks really good." Had some injuries against your Ohio State Buckeyes. Remember that kind of scary moment, and mm-hmm. kind of wasn't the same after that. But he should be getting playing time. Walker Kessler, another freshman five star that's coming in, going to get playing time in the front court. So North Carolina's got a lot of talent. But the two people that really matter is in the backcourt. Caleb Love, freshman, five-star point guard. You haven't heard a lot about him, but he's got a lot of talent. And next to him, 
RJ Davis. North Carolina is going back to New York. The pipeline is back. New York guards are going to North Carolina again. RJ Davis is going to take the most threes on North Carolina. He's also a freshman. That's going to open up Leaky Black, my favorite player in college basketball, to not have to handle the ball anymore, to be able to play the three, to be the traditional three and D that he should be, facilitate when he has to. This North Carolina team has upside, Mark Titus. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I don't like that they have to play at Iowa. I think that's a tough draw. I don't like that they have to play in your home state in Cleveland Mm -hmm. against Ohio State, but I do like the talent that's there. I don't see Garrison Brooks being the superstar that everyone else thinks he's going to be, but I do have hope in the heels. I think they bounce back. I think they make the tournament. I think they win 20 games. They win more than, what what were they, 8-25 and or something last year? Yeah, 8-23. and Yeah, no, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, That that, that was the, uh, they were like 14 and 6. I don't even know. Did they really? I I genuinely didn't remember. I wasn't trying to be funny. I I really thought they won like I think they won like 14 games. I I, I would have to get that fact-checked by uh, the Fox Sports people here, but I I Nobody knows. Everyone stopped watching. (laughs) No, I was. Statisticians were like, we don't know. I was done. I was done. In fact, I, I will point this out. I have North Carolina fans upset with me, Titus, because I, uh, I, I am not in on the Garrison Brooks preseason player of the year bandwagon because I haven't seen it. And North Carolina fans, they've talked themselves into this. And I, no. I want to caution all of them. Dayron Sharp might be starting over him uh, by the time we hit January. So don't, <laughs> don't be upset when that happens. Don't be upset. <laughs> uh that's the North right. Carolina basketball. I, I, I have nothing else to say. I have no notes. I I, I literally just wanted to mention that Ohio State won by 25. Last year, so I have nothing else to say. Uh, let's talk about a team that the only team in this country that you know better than North Carolina mm. is the team we want to talk about at number 18. Go ahead, Tate. Coach K, is he at the crossroads? Bone Thugs and Harmony made a song about this. Uh, we all enter these points in our lives where we try to figure out where do we go from here? What's next? Coach K has <laughs> Coach K, he has dominated college basketball. He has dominated ACC. He has dominated Tobacco Road ever since Dean Smith decided to graciously walk away from the game in 1997. It's been Coach K's world. But what's next? That's what the people are wondering. 40, 41st year here uh, at Duke. And I have to reiterate that. 41 years as the head coach of the Duke men's basketball program. That's insane. But this is the first year, Mark Titus, that the sellout streak will be over. The sellout streak of 472 games dating back to November 26, 1990. The streak is dead. The Cameron Crazies are dead. There will be no fans at Cameron Indoor. What will they do without the fans? What will they do without the advantage of the fans in the building? I don't know. I think that this is going to be a tough year for Coach should, K. Not should we just cancel the whole season? If we don't have shots of of people painting themselves completely blue and just mm-hmm. shaking their hands mm-hmm. in the face of basketball players as though... And singing they, ABBA. Like, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, speaking of crossroads, like speaking of Coach K to crossroads, not just that, not just the sellout streak, but zero first-round picks. We mm. have... Uh, uh, this team is interesting. I don't. I don't know a ton. First team about. Elim- eliminated last year from the NCAA tournament. People forget about that. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know a ton about this recruiting class they brought in. And I think that's because I don't think this recruiting class is that great, right? By Duke mm-hmm. standards, like mm-hmm. who do they? They brought back the, the the big guy they bring back is Matthew Hurt. That's the that's or the window guy. more. I mean, it's, it's one or the other. So it's, it's kind of it's kind of like more. Or, uh, you know, there's some people that like Joey Baker. There's some people that like, you know, I mean, th- there is a round Joey rock. Joey Baker's mom? <laughs> is that, is that the, some people you're talking about? Uh, Jordan Goldwire's back, mm-hmm. I guess. But that's not that's not a Duke nucleus. That's not a nucleus you look at that you say, I, I like this team. So if you don't have that, you got to have 
a, a loaded recruiting class. And I got to be honest, I don't know a single, I don't know a single recruit that's going to do. I, I don't mm-hmm. know a single guy's name, not a single mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't love that. <laughs> There's no Jack so, White anymore. Uh, I mean, so, Alex O'Connell uh, transfers. I mean, it's a lot of, yeah. For it's real, a lot who of is the, who's like their best recruit? Who's like the best guy? Who's the guy I, that's going to. I, uh, I know. I love this. I love and this. I was literally, I was like, let me just pull up the list. Duke's best recruit. Oh wait, I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Wendell Moore, uh, is, is the only guy that could take the leap. Uh, I think in that group to really make a difference, but Matthew hurts. The other one, we, we were in Minnesota, uh, when he was getting recruited, Roy Williams, Jalen Johnson's the guy they got, a five, they, they got some five stars, Jeremy Roach, DJ Stewart, Mark, but like, I honestly got, I I'm not trying to do shtick. I have not heard anybody talk about any of these guys. Like mm-hmm. the same is sort of true of Kentucky's class, but I've heard of BJ Boston. Like people yeah. talking about BJ Boston. He's, he's all American good. We're going to talk about him a little bit, but, uh, the, the Duke, the the this is this is one of the least hype Duke recruited classes I, I I can remember, right? Like, which is what I'm talking about. Is Coach K at the crossroads? Because what is the answer? If one and done is not the answer, if he's not going to capitalize on one and done, if Florida State's going to outdo him at one and done, if LSU is going to outdo him at one and done, if Creighton's going to outdo him at one and done, and the list goes on, all these other teams getting in the bag, then what does he do? Does he go back to? The Dan Hurley route that he's doing now, which is I recruit Northeastern kids that are hard-nosed and tough and they want to play defense and slap the floor, because he could do that. And I think if Coach K made like a late-in-life pivot back to his original roots, that would be great too. Um, but that's why he's at the crossroads. I don't know what one-and-done Coach K looks like in the future. And you look like you're you're confused by what well, is going on I, in the basketball's world. Well, I, I guess I, I don't hate I don't want to burst your bubble, but it looks like Duke has like four or five stars. For next year for class. <laughs> so I think they might be all right. What are I their think, names? Uh, uh, hold on. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got Paolo Benchero from. Oh, Seattle. I know him. He's yeah, signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AJ Griffin is new Cal Singler. Yeah. And then th- those two guys are signed. It looks like they got two other dudes that they're that are heavy lanes but whatever we don't who cares moving on but but what is a five star if you're not a first round pick you know what i mean and i think mm-hmm. that uh there's a lot of mcdonald's all americans that that get that status from marquise bold was a five star people forget mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then uh he was relegated to the jack bench, white was a five star people forget was he really? no i'm kidding no I'm oh kidding. my god but that would have been the one see like you chair. almost believed it you almost believed yeah. it. uh at number 17 uh it can only be one thing <laughs> It's longtime listeners of the show, longtime friends of the program know uh, that we 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 love this reference. The idea of Xavier and or Cincinnati being ranked 17th at some point in every college mm-hmm. basketball season, no matter how good or bad they are, they always find a way. One of those schools always finds a way to be ranked like 17th. So at number 17, we just wanted to say, don't forget about the Crosstown shootout. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just did this mm-hmm. segment at the top about all the non-conference games being played. Didn't even mention the Crosstown shootout. Don't forget about it, people. Don't well, forget I, about it. I think the confusion came because in 2014, we get the brawl and uh, we get the zip them up, the classic moment. And then we get the decision to play it uh, basically at a neutral site for two years because they and, didn't want to put and it. And they dropped the shootout part of the name because they were like, that promotes violence. Yes, they so, changed yeah. it to classic. <laughs> classic, right? Yeah. It, it was a Crosstown Classic. And then they put a sponsor on the Crosstown Classic. And then they pulled... Skyline the, Chili. <laughs> yeah, Skyline Chili. That's right. That happened. And then they pulled Skyline Chili. And then they came back and they're like, you know what? We're going to bring it back to a shootout. So uh, good for Xavier. Good for Cincinnati. Uh, so good for that moment. Here, here's the backstory for this game, and we can move on because uh, 
the backstory is this: neither one of these teams are going to be very good. I don't mm. think. I, I don't. I don't anticipate either one of them making the NCAA tournament. Love would be proven wrong. Maybe one of them can be ranked seventeenth at some point this year. Uh, but we have a force majeure situation, Tate. This is like a a Kentucky Louisville situation where Cincinnati was trying to force majeure out of hosting this game because they mm. they didn't want to waste one of their shootouts, one of their home shootout games uh, on on a situation where they have no fans there. Same thing. Same thing that Chris Mack was was running into with yep. Louisville. Yeah. Um, and Travis Steele said, and this was the statement he put out. He said, kiss my ass. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he didn't say that. <laughs> uh, but Travis Steele, the Xavier head coach said, no, we signed a contract. Take your force majeure. You can shove it. We're playing the game. So they're going to be playing on December 6th at Cincinnati at fifth, fifth, third arena. Um, and listen, neither one of these teams are gonna be very good, but one of the great, it is one of the great rivalries in college basketball. It is the, the Ravens Steelers of college basketball where, Throw out the record books, all that, all that nonsense. But also, they literally got into a fist fight. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't stress this enough that Silvio De Sosa picked up a chair, yep. and dropped it, and was given yep. twelve games because the powers that be in the Big Twelve were like, "Whoa, Whoa that was super that dangerous." Meme? What just yep. happened? Yeah, Yancey Gates cracked open Kenny Freeze's <laughs> skull in the Crosstown Shootout, and the Crosstown Shootout people were like, "That sounds about right." We're only going to give you a six-game suspension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's you know that's it's kind of par for the course. If you wouldn't have made him bleed, probably it would have only been one game, but you did, so we got to take indefinitely games. If, yeah. if he didn't bleed. But you so uh, watch the crosstown shootout, folks. That's all we're going to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all I got to say. And Coach Steele, uh, the only thing I had for this this whole thing, he had a great quote just on coronavirus. They've already had to deal with uh, one top tier, top level person having it, and having to quarantine, whatever. But he said you can get it anywhere. You can go to Kroger's to pick up some groceries, and you can get it. You can even get it at Chipotle. What I don't the know. hell is he a NASCAR driver? Just I, like I, all the list. I, I don't know. I just sponsors? like I was reading that story and that was his quote on coronavirus. And I was like, I've never seen picture. someone like plug other things that are probably happy sponsors. Gilmore. Like it's the happy Gilmore <laughs> scene where he turns, he's got the subway sandwich out of the order. That's what it read like. And so, you can uh, get it eating a foot long cold cut from Subway. Yeah. Subway, eat friend. <laughs> like, yeah. What the when hell? You're going to get your favorite bowl from Chipotle. Watch out. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Good. All right. Uh, so we talked about Xavier Cincinnati. Uh, that is a that is a good segue to a man who used to be the head basketball coach at Cincinnati. He is no longer. He lost his job. Now he lost it on his own volition because <laughs> he said, "I no longer want to be the head coach at Cincinnati. What I would like to do is I'd like to take my talents to Westwood." I he is the head coach of your UCLA Bruins. Uh, at number sixteen, I asked this question, Tate: Does the city of Los Angeles belong to Mick Cronin? Because many people right now are mm. saying it does. They're saying the Lakers. Who cares? Dodgers, boring. It's Mick Cronin's time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying, and I honestly will believe it when Mick Cronin wears the hat. You know how LeBron has the Dodgers hat, and on the side he has LeBron land? We need Ooh. to make up a mixed town or something like that and make the same <laughs> hat and uh, and give it to him because then I think it will officially be mixed town. I think that the best part about Mick Cronin is that he doesn't even want to claim that it is his town. He just wants to appreciate the fact that people notice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He seems very gracious by the L.A. people embracing him. He went to his first concert last year. Uh, at the Hollywood Bowl, he was like, "What is going on? What kind of event is this? Uh, Where's this that is noise a- coming from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How come when is anyone else the- freaked out? <laughs> that guy on stage keeps like hitting that thing in his hand, and noise comes out. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the Mick Cronin experience. He has taken over uh, the city of entertainment. Uh, man that watches and and enjoys no entertainment is now the king and the capital well, well, yeah, uh, of yeah. entertainment. Who would have thought? Um, yeah, I think it's great for LA. I think preseason pick. Uh, number one to fit to finish first in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. is obviously 
uh, a statement to Mick Cronin's tenure here. And it's all good, positive energy. Despite the Under Armour uh, force majeure that's going on mm -hmm. behind the scenes at uh, UCLA, the UCLA basketball program, at least the players and the coaches and, and the coverage, I know you and I are part of the coverage, but it seems to be all positive, which is mm -hmm. uh, very different. It's a 180 from what we saw under Steve Austin. A year ago, yeah. Least. A lot yeah. of it was weird. Like a year ago when he got hired, people were making jokes about it. And yeah, I, I saying, don't like, even understand it. Yeah, yeah. Like, They're like, what a dumb move for this school. And look at it. Look at look idiots. at him now. Idiots, all of them, every one of them. My 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 thoughts on Mick Cronin uh, and and UCLA. First of all, I'll say this: uh, UCLA brings back everybody. They had Johnny Juzang, who was a five star that went to Kentucky. Yep. Didn't didn't get a ton of playing time at Kentucky, but he's he's an LA kid. He's back in LA, so maybe that'll unlock something. And he's probably going to start for UCLA, right? That don't we expect mm -hmm. that. They they only lost Prince Ali and uh, Olashinsky, who both of those guys were. Prince Ali was a Basically, minus. Yeah, yeah, yeah they so, they were non-existent yeah. by the end of the season. Mm -hmm. uh, a buzzer beater away at USC. Jonah Matthews hits a buzzer beater to to beat UCLA. If that shot doesn't fall, uh, they end the season on a nine-game winning streak or, or eight games, something like that. Same sort of narrative as Wisconsin, basically. And they would have they would have got to share the Pac-12. So uh, you have to make shots, but you also have to keep the other team from making shots, as it turns out. So if they were one shot away from, from a Pac-12 title last year. Anyway, I want to say this. This is the real point I want to make. I unironically do love Mick Cronin. I, mm. I genuinely love that man. I, I, I have become a huge believer in him, and not just because he's winning. Uh, just the way he's handling everything, the way he's like able to – he came on our show and, and kind of laughed uh, when we had him on last year. And I kind of asked him, I was like, Coach, you were – it's, there's no secret that you were like UCLA's seventh choice to be mm -hmm. the coach. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I can't believe that I, I was yeah. even on the list, so I'm pretty happy yeah. about it. Now, look at me now. And yeah. and his whole demeanor about the thing uh, is 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 so good. I, I he he's so much more likable than I thought. Uh, I I just my my Ohio State biases were were getting in the way. Like I just saw him as an angry red man that mm. coached in Cincinnati and all the Cincinnati fans thought their program was as good as Ohio state. And I was like, shut up and take your stupid coach with you. And you know, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. was kind of my attitude towards him. But now that I don't have to worry about that anymore, I love the guy. I really genuinely do. Every time I've interacted with him, we've had him on the show a couple of times now. And uh, I don't know, God bless him. So yeah, we, we love you coach. And th these are the only two words that you need to know outside of what you all said. Uh, it's Jake Kyman. You Jake know Kyman. I mean? So Jake Kyman is, it's a, it's a year for Jake Kyman. The man makes big shots. Chris Smith is the star of this team. He's going mm -hmm. to be an all-star. He's going to be uh, potentially a top 10 pick in the NBA draft, but Jake Kyman is going to carry the people. He's going to get the people going. And uh, I can't wait for you. Like is Jake Kyman magic going to exist? If there's, if there's no crowd for him to, feed off of that's yes a, that's, yes uh, yeah he's gonna find a way mm -hmm. he's gonna find a way mm -hmm. All right, I'll let you take over. I've been I've been saying to my own. Yeah, no, I mean this is a this is a good one because I think a lot of people when we did these news and notes, we we like to you know bring up things that maybe you haven't heard before or you maybe haven't seen. And one thing you haven't seen is this number fifteen on our list. Shaka Smart has hair. Wait, what? Yes, <laughs> that is true. Shaka Smart, your head coach of the Texas Longhorns, he has a top flight recruit in Greg Brown, six nine guy. He has been so electric in practice that Shaka Smart is like, I can't even get my hair cut. I, I need to pull my hair out because of the dunks that Greg Brown is doing in practice. He's letting it go. He's got a little fro going. It's a uh, it's a nice change of pace for Shaka Smart. And it's very fun for us. Yeah, uh, Shaka Smart. Uh, the, the Texas brings everybody back this year. They add, as you said, five star Greg Brown. Uh, there, there's a lot of expectation. It feels a little bit deja vu. -y. It feels a little bit like, like we're mm -hmm. going into a season with Texas basketball and we're saying like, if not now, when mm -hmm. it's got to happen now, uh, we're not saying Shaka smarts on the hot seat. We're not saying Rick Barnes is on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. We're not saying insert whoever the Texas coach is for the, the going back 
a billion years. We're not saying they're on the hot seat, but it, the time has to be now, Tate. Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of the narrative around Texas right now, as it always is. But yeah, they should have a good team. They they should be able. They are in a Big Twelve, as we keep saying, is absolutely loaded. Um, they they are. Well, I don't know where they were picked to finish. I imagine fifth. I mean, Baylor, Kansas, Texas Tech, and West Virginia all seem to be better than them. Mm-hmm. But Texas is good enough. To to make a final four, they are. They're 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 a good enough team to make a final four. It's just, you know, will will they? I I I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, well, and they have fam- it. they have familiar faces. You know what I mean? They have Jericho Sims. You might remember Matt Coleman. You might mm-hmm. remember and and Andrew uh, Jones, of course. Andrew Jones is probably going to be yep. their best three point shooter coming off the bench. So there is, a, and Kim Palm has them ninth. Uh, I think I should point mm. that out because I mean Kim Palm is you know the the bible when it comes to college basketball rankings and the fact that he thinks his team has the. Uh, the veteran, you know, tenacity and defensive ability to, to, to be a real team to contend. And I don't know. I, I think that Greg Brown is going to steal a lot of hearts this year. I, I don't know why I'm so high on him. It's probably because I follow him on Twitter and he posts a picture of him mm. doing a ridiculous dunk every day. But uh, is, he's he's different. Is Greg Brown is Greg Brown a good name? No, not a good I'm, name. I'm at all. looking at it and I'm just like, is that is that? It's like Josh Green. It's like not a good name. Cade Cunningham's a good name. Yeah. It that's is. a name. Yeah, Josh Green. Yeah, that's a good point. Josh Green doesn't have the pop. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. And you get lost Greg in those Brown. guys. And there's there could be like like even Jalen Johnson, the kid you talked about from Duke. The, re- the reason I forget his name is because there's like 15 Jalen Johnsons I know. That's so it's kind of yeah. it's hard to it's like Alex Smith. It's like I, I <laughs> <laughs> which no. one? Yeah, Greg Brown. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'll root for him. What the yeah, hell? He's I'll a local kid. Him. I'll say this yeah. too. Uh, he's a local kid. He's from Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I root for that. I, I will always root for a guy that stays home for college. That's cool. I imagine he grew up a Longhorn fan. Now he gets to put on the burn orange and go represent his hometown school and uh, all that. So good on him. I just wish his name was like something more sexy than Greg mm-hmm. Brown, but whatever. So is Shaka Smart on the hot seat? I think that's what a lot of people want to know. Uh, <laughs> is is uh, we, we said he's not, but he kind of is. He always is. He, he's It's Schrodinger's hot seat with Shaka Smart. He's always on and not on at the exact same time. So at number 14, we are. We want to talk about the good guys, mm. uh, guys who might potentially be good guy of the year for us, guys who uh, just kind of a hot seat update. A guy who you fast forward to April, a lot of headlines are going to come out saying he was a great man, but it's time. It's time to make a change. It's mm-hmm. time to make a change. And the question that a lot of Texas fans have: <laughs> what, What's the deal with Shaka? Is that is that plausible? And to that, I say probably not, because he's fully guaranteed. I looked this up. I did. I did my research. His contract is fully guaranteed until twenty twenty three. So he's still at the end of this year. He would still have two fully guaranteed. There's no buyout compromise. There's no pay. If you want him to go away, you have to pay him two full seasons. So if you're going to pay him two full seasons, you might as well make him coach. Yep. Because he's not that bad. Mm-hmm. If you're going to pay him anyway, you might as well keep him around. So I feel like he's I feel like he's not one of the good guys. But we are using him as a segue to our good guys. Yeah, and I will say, I mean, six seasons, you know, at Texas now, and he's had the the lottery success. He's had the recruits. He's had the he's had the flashy players come through. He's had Mo Bamba. You know, he's had Jackson Hayes, and obviously with Greg Brown now. So he's had these guys. I mean, even we saw it mm-hmm. when they beat Carolina. You know, with Kerwin Roach having that amazing game in Vegas. Like he's had these moments that strings it out, right? You know, you beat Carolina, so people are like, "Hey, Shaka, that was a big." signature win for him that was nice and then eight months later you're like what's going on with shaka he has yeah. no signature wins you know <laughs> the one shiny moment of shaka smart's tenure at texas is going to be amazing there's going to be yeah. so many moments you're like wow he, and you're going to be like, like that happened won, that happened to go to seven final fours i mean this is unbelievable all these guys that came through and all this 
but yeah, the time is now. I'm going to say it, mm. Tate. The time mm. is now. <laughs> uh, so good, guys. At number 14 for us, throw us some names. Who, yeah, who, yeah, yeah. who, who do you want to tell the people to keep an eye on? This, this is my cover. This is this is the poster boy, uh, the, the cover face for good guy of the year for me. And he is a guy that recruited you once upon a time to UNCW. <laughs> His name is Brad Brownell. He is at Clemson. I think that Brad Brownell, I think the 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 dimming light, you know what I mean, of his career at Clemson came when Zion decided to go to Duke. Mm-hmm. I think that was his last. That was the, the turning point. That was the that was the watershed moment. So if the he, watershed if he, moment, yeah. if he gets Zion to come to Clemson and he gets that five star, then he gets the a moment, lifetime contract. Exactly, the momentum is there. Then you get these South Carolina. I mean, they, the the talent that South Carolina has produced over the years. They did a graphic last night during the draft. It's like Kevin Garnett, like all these guys, right? So. If Brad Brownell could have had Zion and been able to lean on that, like the same way that they're going to do with Anthony Edwards and Tom Kareen and recruit that, Brad Brownell's rolling at Clemson. They beat North Carolina in Chapel Hill. They get over the curse last year. That was a big moment. But again, you get no capitalized moment on that. People mm-hmm. probably forgot that it even happened until I brought it up right now. So that didn't really help as like a, a way to kind of boost him in the in the eyes of Clemson's fans. And then if you just look at the way the media does things, I, I do feel like when they do lists, Brad Brownell is the perfect guy that's just kind of in the middle. You know, like, he's been on, really... It feels like he's been on the hot seat for, I mean, right? like, like, and, and honestly, yeah. every single year, it's like, it's like guy, every time people go to write the preseason hot seat list, you just, you start with Brad Brownell, you just throw yeah. it on there and you don't even know yeah. the situation. You're like, well, obviously Brad Brownell gets thrown on there. <laughs> uh, Jim Christian gets thrown on there, which is my pick, by the way, Jim Christian yeah. at Boston college, still somehow the head coach at Boston college. No idea how. Uh, I think I, I want to say Boston College was going to fire him if not for COVID. And and then they they kind of like looked at the landscape and thought if we fire him, then we got to hire a new coach in this climate. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's dicey. He's got a new AD. Martin Jarman came out to UCLA. Uh, the Boston College athletic director is now the athletic director at UCLA. So there's going to be a new guy that's stepping in. Uh, they're going to keep him around just because of the, the climate and all that stuff. But then when Boston College sucks this year, he, he's done because especially his contract i think he's got he'll have, he'll have one more year on his contract after this year anyway mm-hmm. it all is lining up for jim christian to get the axe yeah and he's 28 he 85 in acc play he is the ultimate version of a good guy because people like jim christian you know you've had people yeah. say nice things about him that's the whole point of a good guy it's a coach that's obviously on the way out but it's doing nice things to try to curry favor Number 13, moving along. We did our good guys. It's oh, time I, I had one oh, more had good more? guy. Okay, I had one ahead. more good guy. I just want to say Josh Pastner is uh, is oh, going yeah, to call. be good guy good of the year. Good the call. reason that Josh Pastner is not getting fired this year, I looked this up as well, his contract, it, it's, the buyout significantly diminishes next year. So he can basically get fired next year, not have any sort of you know dealings with his contract, and they can be done with him. So this year is literally a lame duck year for Josh Pastner. That's why he is doing all the good guy things. He's trying to put himself in a position to get hired mm-hmm. somewhere else. So just an there, there is a here. market for someone to do a website that just has every every power conference schools, uh, co- their basketball and football coaches, their contracts, mm-hmm. how much how many years they have left, and what their buyout is. And just yeah. have a website that just has that. You pull it up and you can see it, and boom, done. Mm-hmm. I don't know why mm-hmm. no one's made that. I, yeah. I, I feel Instead like instead of college, real GM, real FM. Yeah, I feel like I feel yeah. like college sports fans would be on that thing all the time. You, would, mm-hmm. you that's that's a billion dollar idea. There you go. It's a free idea. Anybody listening, go take it. Make Under Armour right now is building that to pay out all their force majeures. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, number thirteen. We did good guys. It's time to do bad guys. Uh, specifically, mm. we're going to talk about the the bag five as we have deemed them. Uh, Sean Miller. Bill Self, Will Wade, Mark Godfrey, Bruce Pearl. Um, 
we, we've we've spent a lot of time talking about these guys over the shit, over the last three years, four years, whatever it is. Yeah, like, yeah. there's there's kind of we're kind of running out of things to say, but not really. You never really run out of things to say with these guys. Um, so let's do it this way, Tate. Of those five, of the bag five, which shout out to Andy Enfield for we talked about him like mm. finding a way to like disappear out of the <laughs> out of the picture. He he did it here too. Yeah, he, yeah. He should, he should probably be on the list, but he's not. He's because. Because bag six doesn't have the ring. Yeah, yeah, it. it's not the same. So Andy Infield, you win again. <laughs> God damn it! Of the bag five, give me your your power rankings from uh, most likely to not be at his current job in five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So starting so, at the top, the most likely is number one. That the most likely to be, the most likely to not be. To not be. Yeah. 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 Who's so most. One? Yeah, most likely to not be is an easy answer for me, and I think for everybody else and uh, everyone listening right now. It's Mark Gottfried, and uh, Mark Gottfried is number one uh, when you think about his situation. Uh, number two, and it's very close. It's neck and neck almost. It's Sean Miller. Sean Miller mm-hmm. is right there. I don't think he's going to be there. Number three, peeking his head around the corner, sheepishly smiling. Will Wade mm-hmm. uh, there at number three. I think, in fact, he may get a better job in five years. Mm-hmm. Um, he may move up. Uh Who's next on my left? Next is Bill Self. Uh, Bill Self. It, it may just be at the point where he's done with the rodeo um, in five years, and he's like, you know, he, he's good and done with it. And it's like I've done my part. I'm ready to get out of Kansas. I'm ready to get out of Blue Blood Land. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to my alma mater and and just hang out and have a good time. Um, and then the last one on the list is Bruce Pearl, mm-hmm. uh, right? Uh, number five. I think Bruce Pearl. We just saw it. He's already getting. He's in it for uh, the long top, haul. Yeah, he's got yeah. top five platforms at the NBA draft. He's going to be there. He's going to be fine. Uh, and, and honestly, Rick Pitino is our plus one. He is he is Thanos in our situation. Yeah, I think Rick Pitino is here he's, for ten years. He's, he's got not another in decade. The, no, he's not in the bag. He's their their enemy. He's trying yes. to kill them. Yes. He, yes, he's one of them, but he's also like trying to kill them. Because his he, his dream is to have all of them on his staff one yeah, day, where it's like <laughs> yeah. Rick, Rick Pitino and then these five yeah. guys right next to him. Uh, all right, here's how I see it. I. I, I see where you're thinking with Godfrey, but I think Godfrey, I think Godfrey just kind of like found a sweet spot. I think Godfrey mm-hmm. is like I I can no one has any idea what my record is every year, and my yeah. my AD loves me, mm-hmm. and because I I am a big name in college basketball, and I can like, you know, I can I can wear a suit with no tie and and no undershirt and unbutton the top four buttons, and then have my gold bracelet on my left hand mm-hmm. and just like you know, have that whole vibe going. So I, I think number one is Sean Miller, because if it's not the FBI that gets him, if it's not the NCAA that gets him, the Arizona fans are going to turn him at some mm-hmm. point if he's not winning. Like he's just, he's in trouble in that regard. Like there's been a, a clamoring for like, I don't know, maybe one final four Sean at some point. <laughs> so I, he's just, he's, he's getting it from all angles. I'll say that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the issue with Sean Miller for me. Number two, Will Wade, uh, He's he, he the difference between him and, and Sean Miller is that that I I don't think LSU fans care that much. I think they're excited about everything, um, but he's still got to be up there because he is most likely to just have the hammer dropped on him. And I don't think he has the the infrastructure to protect him like Sean mm-hmm. Miller does. I think mm-hmm. I think he if one of these guys has to go down for everything that happened, he's he's going to be thrown to the wolves. He's the guy. <laughs> then I have Godfrey. Because mm. I think Godfrey is 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 trying to strategically stay under the radar. It's not really working, but he's trying. And then I actually see Bruce Pearl above Bill Self. I think Bruce Pearl's more like I think Bill Self is not going in. I think Bruce mm. Bill Self was more likely to retire before the FBI thing happened. Now this happened. Now he's like, to hell with you. I'm gonna coach till I'm 90. 
I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be at Kansas, but mm. I don't know. Uh, all right, finally, before we take a break at the hour mark, I'm done trying to make these go fast. Uh, Brad, guys. We did good guys. We did mm. bad guys. It's time for Brad, guys. Uh, the Brad update is this. Brad Calipari is back. He is 24 years old. He is still at Detroit Mercy. He averaged 6.1 points per game last year, 1.1 rebounds, Tate. They are, uh, the Detroit Mercy Titans will be playing at Kentucky at Rupp Arena on November 27th. So circle your calendars. That's like a week away. Next mm. Friday. They're playing mm. at Rupp Arena. Calipari versus Calipari. Uh there's that. So that's one Brad update. Number two, Brad Davison, also back for the Wisconsin Badgers, a.k.a. the Wisconsin Buzzcuts. Uh, and I don't know if America's ready for this. I really I really just don't think America is fully ready. I, I, I think people kind of know that Brad Davison is about to be a senior, but I don't think they, they're going to come to full grips with it until they turn on their TV and they see Wisconsin's like third in the country mm. and Brad Davison's out there taking charges and they're just going to be like, what the hell? Yeah. The 2020 how worse. how <laughs> how did this happen again and and, and it's kind of the, the interesting part is like when you look at brad davis first brad calipari is a hero on the show we we enjoy the fodder and the commentary he went at you one time kyle our old producer thought mm -hmm. that was the funniest thing in the world that's ever happened uh, so we love brad calipari on this program and brad davison i mean the real question is, is a simple one is he a hero is he a villain uh, you know, the Wisconsin Badgers fans, the big cats of the world would say he's a hero. He's a man that's willing to to mm -hmm. put his body on the line for Badger basketball. Who, who, so who are the biggest uh, – uh, give me your list of villains in college basketball. If it's not Brad Davison, who else would it be? Well, number like, one villain every be, single yeah. year. Uh, he has been doing this since 1984. Coach K, uh, <laughs> number one villain. Who would have thought? Who could have seen this coming? He's definitely at the top of the list. Uh, I, I honestly think I, as I was going through villains, it was harder to find villains. I found a lot of heroes. In fact, Rick Pitino made my heroes list. So uh, Rick Pitino is like an anti-hero. He's like a yeah. Walter White. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like we're we're kind of pulling for him because we under like, like we've yeah. seen him fall to the bottom, but now we're you, like you're pulling for him. But man, you hate yourself for pulling for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I think I Bruce. Per I think I Bruce Pearl's it, a villain. I think Bruce Pearl's a Bruce Pearl's a villain. villain. Bruce yeah. Pearl's a villain. Will Wade's a villain. Yep. Isaiah Sean Miller's a villain. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't think Duke's players. I don't think Matthew. I think you can make the the you just say that the white guy on Duke, but I don't, Matthew hurt. Like I don't yeah, I don't think the players on Duke I, are the villain. I think Joey Coach Gregor. K is. I don't think so. Is, is like I think a, if you hate yeah. if you hate the white guys on Duke, you're stretching. I just want to mm -hmm. say that this year, mm -hmm. like it's not they're they're not really that hateable to me. Uh, I think Cade Cunningham's a hero. Mm. I think mm. I think he'll be easy to cheer for. Uh, Josh Langford, how about him on Michigan State? Like all he's been through. That's a that hero. That's a hero. Um, Andrew Jones, uh, like we just Andrew talked Jones about, with, with, with uh, David Duke on Providence, having the name <laughs> David Duke, and <laughs> yeah, defying all the odds. Everyone's just, like, I guess yeah. hero. Uh, Leonard Hamilton, I'd like. Mm. To, I'm cheering for him. Mm. Coach Ham, he needs to go to a Final Four. We need to get him there. Uh, yeah, Luca Garza. I guess I don't know. Is, is there a chance that Gonzaga turns into a villain? Like they're so good yeah, that people I know. don't it like might them. Be. That, they're, that's they're that's the, the first, only top team I could see making that. Team. They're the first team that everybody hates that's never won a national title. And exactly because they've been so good. Virginia for so long. got a little bit of that though before they won. Uh, here's here's the point though. We we had Brad Davison. We talked to him. We 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 mm. called him because uh, we wanted to talk this out with him. Brad, you're you're a villain basically. You're you're going to be the biggest villain in college basketball. How do you feel about it? So we got him on the phone. We we got him over Zoom, I mean. And we talked to him about this in the upcoming season. Here here is Brad Davison in his own words talking about being the biggest villain in college basketball. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Nitsa. I know you've heard these before. I'm not going very far. I'm in a rush. It's too uncomfortable. Sometimes I just forget. 
Don't kid yourself. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. If you've used any of these excuses or any others, you're putting yourself at risk of injury or death. In 2018, nearly 10,000 people were unbuckled when they were killed in crashes. That's 43% of people killed in motor vehicle crashes that were not wearing seatbelts. No matter what kind of vehicle you drive, wearing your seatbelt is the best defense in a crash. When you sit in the back seat, you still need to buckle up. That goes for when you ride in taxis or use ride-sharing services. Cops are on the lookout and writing tickets, so why take the risk? Seatbelts save lives, so do the smart thing and buckle up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. Tate, let me ask you this: Are you someone who has a hard time taking pills? Like, can you take? Do you need a big glass of water? Do you need, or how, how does that work for you? No, it's easy for me. I, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I actually, yeah, I learned how to take pills at like age seven. Yeah, it is for me too. I, I don't need the big glass of water. It helps. I, I like it, but uh, unfortunately, for a lot of people. It's not as easy. They can't. They can't mm. just swallow a pill on command, and, and mm. it's it's a whole awkward mess. Thankfully, there's a solution to this, Tate. If you struggle with this problem, and also another very common problem, and that solution is Blue Chew. Blue Chew offers men a performance enhancement for the bedroom, and it is the first chewable with the active ingredients. Sildenafil. Am I saying this correctly? And uh, Dalafil. Look it up. Google it. Mm. You know how you mm. know what I'm talking about here. BlueChew.com affiliated physicians work with you to find the dosage and active ingredient that is best for you. The chewables from BlueChew can be taken on a full or empty empty stomach. Online physician consult is free, so it is cheaper than those other two. I'm not even going to name them. You know them, but we don't need to talk about them because they're not chewables. And they're not as cheap as, mm. as Blue Chew is. It only takes a few minutes to connect with a BlueChew.com affiliate physician. And if you qualify, you get prescribed online quickly. No in-person doctor visits. No awkward conversations. This is a topic a lot of men don't like to talk about, Tate. You don't have to talk about it. It's, 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 all, it's, you know, it's all in the hush-hush. No waiting in line at a pharmacy. Ships directly to your door in discreet packaging. The chewables from BlueChew.com, made in the USA. You and your partner will love it. Chew it and do it. Visit bluechew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code Tate. Just pay $5 shipping. That's blue, B-L-U-E, chew, C-H-E-W.com, promo code Tate. All right, joining us now is the artist formerly known as Buzzcut Brad. He's grown the hair out a little bit since then. Uh, he is He's entering his senior season at Wisconsin. Um, and Brad, we have you on the program because, uh, yeah, you are entering your senior season, which I think a lot of people around the country are pulling their hair out at that. They're like, one more year of this kid? Are you kidding me? Um, you're you're an old friend of the program. You came on a couple years ago. Uh, we, mm. We've had a report for a little while. Uh, some things have changed since then. You've built a reputation as a guy who's very hated. You get asked about this all the time, but we haven't really talked about it in a few years. So uh, as you're set to enter your senior season, Tate and I were talking about this. We feel like you know, Duke doesn't bring a lot of guys back this year. Mm -hmm. um, you Wisconsin, you guys want to share the Big Ten, a lot of expectations in Madison. We feel like you might be the guy that people hate this year, Brad. Are you ready for this? Are you ready to wear this? You're the guy in college basketball that people hate, I think. You know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, because I think it's kind of a sign of respect. So it means you're on a pretty good team, so you got to right, do right. something right. Uh, I think that's the one thing that I'm looking forward to is everyone's going to miss the home crowd. I don't know what I'm going to do without an opposing crowd, without yeah. hearing boos and without getting the <laughs> chance. It's going to be new territory for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Senior year, last year, got to go out with a bang. And, and Brad, are you fueled by the idea of being a villain? Because I know that there's, you know, some teams that they like to be that way. Remember the Heat early on, they said that they are the villains of the world. But 
it doesn't seem like that is your mo at least because you're so nice to us we we think you're <laughs> yeah. a hero yeah we want to put you on the side of heroes yeah what's going on where's the disconnect what's happening brad to be honest, I, definitely not something that I try to like uh, feed into or okay. vibe off yeah. of because it's not something that I wanted. Uh, it's kind of something that just kind of happened. And then I kind of got myself thrown into that reputation. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely, it's not who I am um, okay. as a person. You know, when I step on the yeah. basketball court, I try to do everything I can to win. And I always try to do what's best for my team. So diving on the floor, taking charges playing as hard as I can. Um, that's just how I was brought up and how I'm, I was taught to play the game. Um, and so I try to control what I can control, but it's definitely being a villain or vilified, or whatever you want to say it, was definitely not, you know, on the checklist of things to do in my time here at Wisconsin. But you know what? You got to make the most of it. I want to be the first person I, I assume to ever compare you to Greg Oden for your your basketball. But but you remind me That's of a new one. Yeah, you remind <laughs> me of Greg in this regard because Greg Oden is like the, the kindest, most gentle guy in the world, like when you're hanging out with him. And then he steps inside the lines in a practice. He he just wanted to rip everyone's head off, even his own teammates. Like he would dunk over guys that are like trying to grab the rebound with him, and he he just didn't care. Uh so I understand the switch. But part of you has to understand, Brett. Can we can we at least get you to admit that like you understand why like maybe Iowa fans or like Minnesota fans don't love you. Can you at least like be like, I get it, but like who cares about them? <laughs> definitely understand. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Coach guard gave me a flex walking yeah. by. Uh, <laughs> definitely understand why they would. First of all, I played for Wisconsin and you know, we're yeah, a team yeah. that has had yeah. a lot of success. In a lot right. of you got the trophy for the people listening, by I the way, we, we set up a that's... zoom call and Brad picked the one spot with all the trophies in the background. Like he's stunned on us. Yeah, just like the yeah, I'm going to be honest. It wasn't my decision, but I, I can't <laughs> complain about it. You win a big 10 title. You get to do zoom calls with trophies. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> and, you know, I've been on some really good teams here. So you never really like your opponent. And then when you see somebody that's, you know, uh, you get a little too familiar with the face. So the too familiar with how you play. Right. Um, I definitely see where it comes from, uh, but also, I know what my intentions are. I know why I play the game. Um, and I know I would never intentionally do anything to try to be vilified. Um, and so just control what I can control. Like you said, it is a sign of respect. It basically means, like, if you get to this point, it basically means you were starting as a freshman or, like, playing big minutes as a freshman, and you've been on a lot of really good teams for a long time, which I guess is, you know, a good spot to be in. So. <laughs> I guess I'll take that part. <laughs> Mm, mm. And Brad, we have to ask, you talked about, you know, you're not trying to be vilified, but the moment that everyone, I think the, the pinnacle moment of the Brad Davison experience was the five charges against NC State, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Everyone remembers that going viral, you know, you taking the game. That's when we charge. had him on the show the first time, I think. Exactly. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tw 2018. Yeah. So that happens. This is your last hurrah in college basketball. This is your last chance to one up that moment. Can you take six charges in a game? Is that possible? <laughs> well, can you do thing. the MJ six when you do it? That's what you can, do. Yeah. If you do it, will you promise you'll stand on the scores table? And yeah. Throw six. I'll go to the crowd that's empty and go like this. Yeah. The empty crowd. Yes. 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 And just do a shrug. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Growing up, you always want to you know make it on Sports Center and be in the top ten. I never thought it would be for getting never. five charges in a game. Um, <laughs> Uh, but can I get six? I've never actually, I've gotten five charges in games quite a few times going back to high yeah. school and to youth traveling basketball yeah. games. Six would probably be a record. I'm not going to make any promises, but I, I'm sure I'll try. Okay, Do you, are, are you the, are you the kind of guy that hates it when people take charges on you? Cause it, it feels like they're <laughs> using your weapon against you. Like, I feel like, I feel like you, you would be super upset. Like if a guy takes a charge, you, you can't do that to me. I do that to you. I, 
There's a little bit of that. I think it's more like <laughs> yeah. coaches, like Coach Gar would be like, how can you get a charge? Like, yeah, you, you know should know better. Do that. It's of, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. not necessarily uh, personally, but I think I get a lot more flack if I uh, yeah. am on the wrong side of a charge because they're like, you're – you're Brad Davison. That shouldn't happen to you. And I'm like, well, yeah. sometimes you forget. <laughs> uh, uh, before we let you go, Brad, um, you're, you're sitting in front of all the Big Ten titles, all the all the nets, uh, all the, you know, you're, you're showing off the, the trophy display of Wisconsin. Obviously, you guys won a share of it last year. Coming into this season, there seems to be like the narrative of the Big Ten is it's like a three-horse race between you guys, Illinois, and Iowa. And you just kind of put them in a hat, draw them out. I am not high on Wisconsin because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just being, I'm shooting you straight. Uh, Iowa has Luca Garza. Love him. Illinois has uh DeSumo, who we love. Um, you guys, I felt like you came on strong late, but like you didn't show me something the entire season. So I have a two part question. Number one, why did you get so good to, to close last season? And number two, can you make me a believer in Wisconsin this year that I should buy into the Wisconsin stock and think that you guys are going to repeat as big 10 champions? Absolutely. I can try to make a Buckeye into a Badger fan. Okay. First of all, wasn't my decision to go in front of the Big Ten title. <laughs> yeah, just want to reiterate that. I won that. a Big yeah. Ten title. I got to do Zoom calls in front of trophies <laughs> now. So, um, you know, I think we really turned it on because we bought into our backs were against the wall. Um, and we mm -hmm. had to leave it all out there on the floor every single night. Otherwise, we were not going to be where we wanted to end up. Um, and I think to answer your second question about how Iowa has Luca Garza, Illinois has Io and these big names, um, I think that's the reason why we did so well is that we mm -hmm. bought into our identity that, you know, as individuals, we weren't going to be Big Ten champs. But as a team, as having five, six, seven guys averaging 10 to 12 points, we could be really tough. Um, so in mm -hmm. order to try to sway your pick to picking the Badgers, I'd say it's a much more consistent um, to win when you have five, six, seven guys that can fill it up and can attack from different ends All of the right. floor. Um, and I think that's probably the most Wisconsin Badger basketball answer. That is. Get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're giving me like, you're, you're <laughs> basically saying like we are quintessential big 10 basketball. Yeah. Like, we're big you, 10 basketball. To you the know people. the way to my heart, Brad, you know the way to my heart that's working. <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. How's, how'd the fishing go this summer, by the way, how did the coronavirus affect the fish, the fishing? Uh, well, I'll tell you what, fishing was great. That's actually every okay, Saturday good. it turned into like walleye hunting day with my parents and I. So we'd take the boat, go to a different lake, and we went walleye hunting. So a lot of good fishing Man. memories from a 2020 summer. I had I had plans to come up and 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 fish with you this summer. I was going to surprise. You. I was just going to show up in my fishing pool and be like, "Let's go." And, and hey, me and it's going to be a little cold the next six seven months, but yeah. maybe we can celebrate. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Hey, hey, maybe in the spring. The spring we can. Maybe the spring will make it happen. Yeah, yeah, big Ten yeah. title yeah. season. Another Big Ten. Yeah, when you when you have one more trophy behind you, we'll come <laughs> up and, and, and do some fishing. Uh, Brad, best of luck. We'll have you back on uh, throughout the season. Maybe uh, uh, we 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 you're you're wearing the villain role well. I, I will say that, and you're not. You're you're not really helping though. You like you come on and yeah, you're, you're making yourself more of a hero like, every single time. Yeah, yeah, we, don't <laughs> like that. we need to try more of an edge from you. But uh, God bless you. Good luck, man. Have fun your senior year. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the ride. Thank you guys. Appreciate you guys All right. always. See Have you, a good man. one. Hi there. Sorry for the interruption, but are you enjoying this show on Google Podcasts? You should know that the Google Podcasts app is going away this spring. That's right, going away, gone, as in no longer available. You can still enjoy this show elsewhere, though. Try out Spotify or Amazon Music, or maybe TuneIn is more your style. Whatever app you switch to, be sure to follow so you never miss the next episode. And thanks for listening, wherever you listen.
All right, thanks to Brad for coming on. Uh, I I want to say this. I I I don't think he's gonna he's gonna sway anybody's opinion. I think if you hate Brad Davison before that interview, you're gonna continue to hate him. If you if you're a Wisconsin fan, you already love them, whatever. But I just want to point this out, Tate. Uh, we, when we reached out to him, we told him we want to talk to you about being hated. We're like the whole point of us having you on is you are the most hated man in America in college mm-hmm. basketball. Would you like to come on and discuss that? And the man said yes. So that in my mind, like that's that that that's you know that's something like a yeah, lot of people would yeah. cower away from that to be like why would i want to do that why would i want to talk about how much people hate me and he was like yeah i'll talk about it why not you guys and he has fun with it i mean he yeah. he has always had fun with it he you know he said that at one point during his sophomore year it kind of got to him but then you know he kind of yeah. got over it learned to embrace it and love it i mean you and i we're on the internet i, we, I just we understand I, what hate yeah. feels like you know i mean it's tough I, to do with the haters I, I I'm gonna cheer for Brad Davis. I don't care. I felt yeah. weird about it like last year. He, he he did have some moments where you're like, man, a little dirty, Brad. What are we doing? Clean it <laughs> up. Mm. But he, I don't know. The, the kid he wins me over every time he comes on the show. Every time you talk to him, you're like, I, I can't hate you. I'm I'm sorry. So I'm sorry, America. I'm gonna cheer for Brad Davidson until he plays Ohio State and then he takes seven charges. <laughs> and you're like, I, I think I'm done with you, Brad. We'll have him back on the show. We're like, Brad, Brad, you're canceled. Why would you do this? <laughs> uh, all right, we've done good guys. We've done bad guys. We've done Brad guys. Uh, it is now time for Cal's guys. Ooh. John Calipari, head coach of the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, his guys on draft night let him down a little bit. Tyrese mm-hmm. Maxey was the first guy drafted. What was he, 21st, 24th? Yep, 21st. 21st, yep. yeah. Yep. Um, first draft that John Calipari has ever had in his Kentucky tenure where he has not had a lottery pick. That streak has snapped. Um, but we look ahead, Tate. We don't look behind. We don't, we don't belabor that. What we need to do is look at this team that he has now. Are these his kids or are these his guys? Mm-hmm. Mm. And I think that these are his kids. I think this is a year full of kids. In fact, when he was talking about Tyrese Maxey and Emmanuel quickly last night, he mentioned kid a few times, especially with quickly. And we know what his coded language is. We know what Calipari is all about. He has BJ Boston. You mentioned that name. That's the big name Mm -hmm. of the guys that are the five star usual Kentucky prospects that we're, you know, accustomed to enjoying. But Calipari's kind of pivoted, you know what I mean? He gets Reed Travis uh, to come in a couple years ago, and uh, or he, that was even last year, right? Or was that a couple years ago? I can't remember. Ago, yeah, 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 a couple years ago. Uh, this year it's Olivier Saar and Jacob Toppin, who was the brother of Obi Toppin, the number eight pick that went to mm-hmm. you know the New York Knicks last night. So they have two transfers that are a big deal that I think are more interesting than the five-star recruits that are coming in. But I still, like every single other year, just like Coach Cal, we have to see Kentucky play before we get an identity. And I think that they do, too. I mean, we saw that with a Tyler Hero team. They had to figure out there was some growing pain. So, in general, Cal's guys will be kids, I think, until we get into conference play. And that's uh, the usual recipe for success. Yeah, like the one the one name that people might know that came back is Keon Brooks. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a, he's a Hoosier, I think. I think he's, mm-hmm. I think he's from Indiana. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of new guys. I don't know. I don't know if how Olivier Saar is probably the biggest name, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was a preseason All American, apparently. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Dick Vitale's preseason All American. Uh, but yeah, I don't know how Cal's going to do this uh, dealing with a bunch of new guys. I don't know um, if he's cut out for this, but we'll we'll find out. I don't know if John Calipari has what it takes to coach a team full of newcomers. Uh, moving on, number ten. Uh, I ask you this question, Tate, because I th- I think we're we're starting to split. I think this is becoming a rift in this podcast. Mm. Who is the better Hauser? Is it Sam Hauser at Virginia, who is the missing piece? All the Virginia fans are saying, uh, this is the offensive threat we've needed. Mm-hmm. Now that we have this, we are going to repeat with a year gap as national champions because we have Tony's defense. We have the system works. We just need a guy we can give the ball to and go mm-hmm. get us a bucket. 
Uh, I said on a show like a month ago that Sam was the better Hauser brother. I caught a lot of flack for Michigan State fans. They said, you're out of your damn mind. Joey is the better brother. In yeah. fact, not only is Joey better than Sam, Joey's better than any other player in Michigan State. In fact, Joey was the best Michigan State player last season on the team, and he, including Xavier Tillman and Cassius Woodson. He just wasn't eligible because he transferred. Mm-hmm. In fact, Joey... <laughs> in fact, Mo <laughs> Pete came to practice. Take and Joey, down and Joey Hauser. the Magic Johnson yeah. statue and put up the Joey Hauser. What? No, uh, Michigan State fans, very, very high on Joey Hauser. Joey is two years younger, I believe, than, than Sam. Sam is the older brother. So uh, I, I am the younger brother with my brother. So I, you know, maybe you could talk me into the younger brother being better. I don't, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is the better Hauser. But that's the question. We're going to find out, I guess. Yeah, I am also a younger brother. And I believe in the younger sibling theory, which is basically the younger you are, the more you have to play against older, longer, meaner, better people than you. And therefore you adjust and get better and get beaten down. I mean, Michael Jordan got beat up by his cousins all the time. And he said that he jumped in the air and hung in the air because his cousins would eventually hit the ground and then he could take a shot. Mm. Those are the things that happen with younger brothers. But when you ask the question, I did my research. I uh, have noted on this podcast, I am not a Sam Hauser uh, necessarily believer. Uh, I would like to see it before I believe it, but apparently Virginia fans, they don't want to put up with that. But I, did, I dug in, did my research. Jay Huff had to say this about Sam Hauser. He said, I think Sam Hauser will be a nightmare, all caps, for opposing teams next season. Tony mm-hmm. Bennett, said that he was the second best shooter on the team. Jason Williford, assistant coach on the team, said, you know, he was competing with Tony Bennett to see who was the best the best shooter on the team. Tony Bennett, of course, you know, still holds the record for three points. Tony Bennett's the best shooter basketball. on the team. Yeah, he's the best shooter on the team. The head coach, Tony Bennett, is the best, best, sho- yeah, is yeah. The best shooter on Virginia. <laughs> but the, the second best shooter on Virginia is Sam Hauser, apparently. Um, and I think that says a lot about Sam Hauser being able to, one, compete with Tony Bennett, and two, they're already declaring that he, are, he himself said he was the best shooter on mm. the team. I like the confidence of Sam Hauser. Uh, I like the the faith and belief from his teammates. Um, I have not seen any of this myself, so I'm enjoy. I'm, I'm going to get my popcorn ready and uh, and see what I see from Sam Hauser. But my answer is Sam Hauser. My answer is the older brother. Oh, okay. I would like wow. to go younger as the younger I brother, you but I'm going to go gonna, younger. I'm going to go okay. Sam. I'm going to go Sam. I I I I believe in Sam as well, but uh, Michigan State wow. fans aren't going to like to hear that. They're not going to like to. The point is, both of them are very good. Yeah, exactly. They're both yes, very, yes, very yes. good. And they're both mm-hmm. going to be all conference caliber guys and two of the best conferences in college basketball. So uh, that is interesting. And they're not playing. I, I like that they both transfer to different schools. I do yeah, like that. It, that makes yeah, it that good. makes it interesting. It gets a little annoying sometimes when you get the package deal brothers and you're like, mm-hmm. That's not fair that that school gets that Marquette gets, <laughs> or yeah, Stanford gets the Lopez twins, yeah, or like the, yeah. Yeah, the Ware twins, the Morris twins, Morris at, twins at Kansas. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. yeah, let's break it up a little bit. Like come Harrison on, come twins, on. yeah. There's, yeah. there's been a, there's a lot of twins in college basketball yeah. over and the twins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, speaking of Virginia, a, a couple notes. Number one, the Virginia coaches beat the players in their annual softball game. Uh, mm. The players beat the coaches for five straight years. And then the coaches have since since the national title, since Virginia won the national title, the coaches have now won two in a row. So I don't know if that's a great omen going into the season. Um, that is, I would say concern. no. I would say no. Also yeah. related to Virginia basketball, never forget Kyle Guy said check DM and hack my account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. He hacked we my Twitter. Remember. Kyle, yeah. I know it wasn't you, but it was you. You, yeah. you hacked my Twitter. So <laughs> you were, yeah, Kyle's guy. You are not his yeah. guy this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like those are the only Virginia notes, other than the That's fact that, like, mean. yeah, Tony Bennett is, you know, Tony Bennett. We, so we, we're we gotta, cover him. Yeah, yeah. we got to move it along. We don't have time. Sorry, Virginia fans. We don't have time. <laughs> we've only we've only spent the last four years talking about you. It's yeah, the, I'm sorry we we cut you short this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know it. You know yeah. us. 
Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Number nine. This is your pick. Yeah. Number nine. Uh, I mentioned it when we talked about teams that were going to bandwagon. This team is, uh, I, I think, a, a very fun team. And it comes from one player. And his name is John Fulkerson. And the mantra is easy. It's simple. It's get folked up. Um, mm-hmm. Let's get folked up. This man is energy. This man is town. He's from Arden, North Carolina. He is a mountain man, to say the least. He is Grant Williams said he was the best player in the front court with him as a freshman. Uh, he had some injuries, some other things, you know, some playing time, you know, a lot, a lot of, a lot of things that happened. But now he's here, he's back. Rick Barnes is very excited about Fulkerson's season this year. I think he's going to have a breakout year. East Ponds is back. Uh, Tennessee in general has a lot of optimism. Last year, uh, that wasn't the case. You know, we've seen Schofield leave. We've seen Grant Williams, who I mentioned, they're all gone. They're all in the NBA. But Fulkerson is still there from that, you know, uh, a class of guys that uh, kind of reset the program for Rick Barnes. I think this is the year he finally breaks out. So just want to put it on the radar. Let's get folked up. Dark horse, all American pick, mm. uh, Fulkerson. John, literally Josh McRoberts, Fulkerson. As yes, I call him. exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that's why I love him so much. Cause I just yeah. see McBob and I'm like, this is the guy. This is who <laughs> yes. we need. That is, that is, I, I'm with you, man. Like I was watching his highlights again today. I just, I just went to YouTube and typed in John Fulkerson. I was like, this guy is Josh McRoberts. Yeah. He's just John and he has an attitude too. Like he's kind of, he's yeah. very wry and he funny. He looks like Josh like, McRoberts. Yeah, he's left-handed yeah. like Josh McRoberts. Uh, he's like every, he plays like Josh. He's the point forward, you know, everything about him. Uh, Eve Pond's dunking, as you said, that's, that's kind of the, I mean, he's more than just that. Like he would, he would be upset that you reduce his identity to just a dunker. But let's be honest when you're, when you're jumping out of the gym like he does, mm. you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's just how yeah, yeah. You're going to get, yeah. We're going to say, Hey, you're a dunker. Dunk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I like Tennessee. I, I don't like him as much as I like the Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, but how can you, how can hey, you? Yeah. It was Can't a special like time, but yeah. I, I, we should also point out that Tennessee plays Gonzaga. Uh, we mm-hmm. saw them play the Jerry Colangelo classic in Phoenix a couple years ago. And that was when Schofield had 30 points. He had 25. Yeah. When Gonzaga half. was number one in the country and then Tennessee took over number one after that game. Yeah, exactly. Schofield, so Schofield then goes into the stands and he's with his parents or yeah, it was yeah, great. Tobias Harris was there. Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, it's a great, it was that, a great that, day. So I just want to say that's going to be a, a Devin interesting Booker game was there too. If I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jerry Colangelo. Jerry Colangelo. <laughs> uh, all right, number eight. We're talking about the Kansas Jayhawks. My question is this: Can they? Can uh, Agbaji? Can Can Marcus mm. Garrett? Can Can somebody? Can David McCormick make an offensive leap? I'm worried. Like I, I really, really like Kansas. I, I mm. like Kansas. Kansas to me is by far the best blue blood um, of the Kentucky, Duke, Carolina, Kansas foursome. I think Kansas is the best. Uh, but there, there, there are some questions, Tate, about three-point shooting. And I know they got they got Bryce Thompson, a five-star, who who is apparently mm-hmm. a good shooter. They got uh, Christian Braun off the bench. Jalen Wilson could could uh, he's redshirt for I think he redshirted last year. He's he's a pretty high recruit. Uh, maybe he can shoot a little bit. But this was a problem for Kansas last year. They were they were 259th in all of college basketball and made threes per game. 259th, mm-hmm. Tate. That is not good for a team that is. Uh, I don't know if you've heard basketball now. We're shooting threes. Yeah, three point yep. shot has been introduced to the game. Teams are shooting <laughs> it. Uh, they were 224th the year before that. Basically, when Devontae Graham left Kansas, Kansas as a whole went away from shooting threes. They had Yudoka Azabuke. Now, we should bring up that point. Like, part of the reason they went away from it is because you only have a Doki Azabuke who shoots like 95% from the field. Mm-hmm. Just dump it down to him, let him dunk. That became an offense. That's always been Bill Self's thing. Feed the post, yeah, whatever. Inside whatever. out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is my that is my. I just put on my serious analyst cap. By the way, I just felt mm, myself. I like that. Episode. I like that. This is my billest moment right there. Um, that's the big question for me. Is Kansas? I, I think that is the one the one question mark with Kansas because they're going to play great defense. Uh, I love McCormick. 
as 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 an interior big man and and, and Bill Self is so great coaching big guys and all that. Uh, but they, but they need off. They need guys that they can give the ball to and say, "Go get us a bucket." Um, and it's got it's going to probably have to be Agbaje or, or Garrett, right? Yeah, I, I was going to say guys. it's got it's definitely going to have to be probably Garrett. I, I feel yeah. like Garrett is known for his defense, obviously, but he's you know got some more expectations that's going to be put on him this year. I mean, Kansas last year, if you were to you know push come to shove, you and I had to press and and make a decision who was the best team, the national champion. They were the best team. I'm sorry, Dayton. It was, was Kansas. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was definitely yeah. Kansas. Especially all jokes when, aside, it's definitely Kansas. Yeah. And you see the NBA respect what Azubuke yeah. brings to the table, and and obviously Dotson is, is I think a very talented the point guard i was surprised he didn't get drafted but it, regardless kansas is a great team last year they're probably the best team in the country so they're already coming back off that this year agbaji is the one that has the uh the upside that is probably i mean we don't even know what the upside looks like because agbaji yeah. has a lot of untapped potential and he also has a lot of feel for the game like if you watch kansas play and you walk agbaji you see it like you see little moments where you're like, man, he's going to be kid. like the Joel and B type that like when he goes on to the NBA or he's going to like blow up and yeah. then it's going to Kansas fans are going to be happy for him. But at the same time, super frustrated that like, like we didn't get more. Why didn't, like, you, <laughs> yeah, why didn't you tap into that potential fully? Like Joel and B started to become Joel and B like right around February. And then he started having the injury problems. And then you're like, ah, ah, we were so close. Yeah. I just wanted that guy. I just wanted yeah, the superstar. Yeah. And I feel like this could be the Agbaji breakout year. And, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. I could tell Bill Self loves like last year at Maui. What we saw Bill Self with Agbaji, he could tell him to do anything. He seems like a very coachable mm -hmm. kid. And uh, Garrett probably will be the star. Like if you ask someone who is the star of Kansas, they'll say Marcus Garrett. But Agbaji to me is the most interesting player on their team. Yeah, but uh, Kansas is going to be very good. I mean, yep. you 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 don't pay a lot of attention. You say how they're going to replace Dotson and Azubuke, and the answer is Marcus Garrett is going to be very good. Run mm. point uh and david mccormick is better than i think a lot of america realizes yeah like he's, yeah he's, From he's a, he was a, a very good uh interior like he, he averaged like f only 15 minutes a game i want to say for kansas mm -hmm. last year um but he was very productive every time he got in there he's, he's gonna he's gonna be good he's not gonna be as good as azabuke but he's gonna be fine so um mm -hmm. but they're gonna need some shooting they're gonna need some offense so we'll have to keep an eye on that uh number seven speaking of the dayton flyers as we were earlier um Dayton trying to salvage their lost shining moment is, is our number seven thing. We, we, we want Dayton to have the shining moment. They didn't get, they, they, I don't think they were going to win the national title, but we don't know. And that sucks that we didn't have a 2020 tournament because Dayton was far and away our most fun team in college basketball last year. We love Obi Toppin so much. We love the Dayton flyers. And there's a prevailing thought that they had their shot and now it's over. And, Let's just all cry about what we missed out on. But to that, I say, not so no, fast. No. This Dayton team is going to be pretty good. They're not going to be as good as they were last year, but Jalen Crutcher's back. Ivy Watson's back. Roddy Chapman's back. They have some pieces back. Mm -hmm. And Jalen Crutcher, like, I'll, I'll make this analogy. It's a horrible analogy. I'm calling myself out on it already. But uh, maybe Jalen Crutcher and Obi Toppin are like the diet version of Shane Battier and Jay Williams. And mm -hmm. Battier has now moved on and now we have Jay Williams and we hand the keys to Jay Williams and we say, go. And then E.B. Watson is like Mike Dunleavy mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. Rodney Chapman is 
Chris Dumont. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I was like, I want to see how far this can go, but I do, I do like the idea of this being you like it's a lost shining moment with Obi Toppin, but it's not a lost moment in the fact that Jalen Crutcher is probably one of the best point guards in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some people, Anthony Graham would probably argue he is the best point guard in the country. I mean, Obi, he's so good that Obi Toppin, when he got drafted eight to the New York Knicks, said, I want to thank my point guard because uh, he put me in a lot of positions to succeed. I think that Dayton is a well-oiled machine. I think they play a good brand of basketball. I don't think they're afraid of anybody in the country. They, they're not afraid to pick up, trap, press, whatever it takes. Right. Um, they're just a fun team. We are frequent flyers. We enjoy watching them play. I know that we're going to miss Obi Toppin, but I don't think they're going to miss a beat. I think that they're going to still they're be, gonna be really who they good. are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Richmond's going to be good in the A-10. Who else is good? Like St. Louis is supposed to be pretty good, yeah. I think, in the yeah. A-10. Um, I don't know. I'll have to text Rostein. He's he's on top of the A-10. He's got his <laughs> finger on the pulse of the A-10. He's always texting me. Like, Rhode Island, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Rhode probably. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. All I care about is Dayton. Fats Russell. Yeah, that's probably what yeah. it is. Uh, but play play Ohio State, you cowards. I will mm, say that. All the Dayton. Mm. I just pulled them all in. I just pulled them all in, and then I said, you're cowards. Play Ohio State, and then I pushed them away. <laughs> yeah, let's go do it. Yeah, come on, Dayton. Uh, Make it happen. All right, number six. Speaking of guys that missed out, uh, at least this guy's going to get another shot. Luca Garza. Player of the year. Um, the the Luca Garza Player of the Year campaign is our number six is our number six topic. Uh, last year missed out because of Obi Toppin, and mm-hmm. uh, it, we're in a weird spot here, Tate, because now as we forecast look, looking into this year, we've fallen in love with Luca Garza. Like thinking back mm-hmm. on it last year, mm-hmm. um, it's just it it just sucks. Like the culture we live in, and especially if you spend any time on the internet, if you like one thing, you have to hate the other. And then you just fall into these traps. Iowa fans hated Obi Toppin. They shouldn't have. There's no mm-hmm. reason to. Obi Toppin mm-hmm. was awesome. Um, and then, like, you kind of, like, I-, I thought Obi Toppin was the best player in the country. So then, like, I had Iowa fans. We had Iowa fans attacking us. So then, all of a sudden, you get put in a position where you got to hate Luca Garza. And to that, I say all this is nonsense. I-, I-, I am excited for a college basketball season where I can cheer for Luca Garza just as long as he's not killing Ohio State. That's a fact. And I think a lot of fans, Iowa fans, will be upset because they're going to be like, wait a second. Luca Garza didn't even make the top five of the list. He's number six. He's not even in the top five. (laughs) Uh, But I will say, Luca Garza, we are on the train. We're excited to watch. I think that we enjoyed him last year, but he improved so much. You know what I mean? He, his, like his averages jumped up like eight points. He just came so out of nowhere that. It, you didn't get to savor the experience, and obviously we didn't. We didn't get March Madness to kind of see where they stacked up against the rest of the country. So this is the year that we get the full ride. I feel like of Luca Garza. So we'll enjoy. You, it. you have my word, Iowa fans. When the rest of the country turns on Luca Garza because they just get We're Garza here. fatigue. Because going into the season, he is the obvious pick to win National Player of the Year, and this always happens every year. Uh, a guy like that in his position, by the time February rolls around, people are looking for an alternative. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm sick of hearing about how good this guy is. Give me someone else to make this race competitive. You have my word. If Luca Garza is playing like he was last year and he's that much better than everybody, I I will not have Luca Garza fatigue. I will be the guy that's like, I don't care if everyone's tired of him. He's amazing. Like, mm-hmm. look at the numbers he's putting out, 25 and 10, basically, every night. Mm-hmm. So, um no, I, I I hope he can get it done. I hope Luca can get it done for he's our Luca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's our Luca. <laughs> he's our Luca. <laughs> you, you make it sound like his name is like James or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like to us, he's Luca. And it's like, yeah, to literally everyone, he's Luca. <laughs> yeah. No, but to us, he's Luca. Uh, I don't know if I love Iowa though. I mean, as a whole, just because the defense thing bothers me. I like Wee's Camp. I do like Wee's Camp. I like Garza, but they they don't guard. Jordan mm-hmm. Bohannon, I I don't know how effective he's going to be. He's had multiple hip surgeries. I pr- I brought this up before. We don't need to we don't need to beat into the ground. I just wanted to say one more time, um, 
I love Luca Garza. Not sure I'm falling in love with Iowa yet, but their mm. offense, whew, they're going to be so good. Yeah, they're going to yeah. be they so good, the Tate. Yeah. They're going to be unguardable. I will give them that. Uh, all right, we've made it to the top five. You take yes. it away. I'm, I'm yes. running out of gas here. Yeah, I know. I, I, for all the, yeah, for all the listeners out there, we appreciate Four two your Four-two-hour podcast, my yeah, God. Yeah, we're losing our minds at this point. But number five is simple and easy, and it's something that you and I the other day we got a little excited about because it seemed like it was dead to rights. But anyways, Kate Cunningham, mm-hmm. the most exciting, the best prospect in the country, going to Oklahoma State, going to the Cowboys, and he is a preseason first-team pick. Uh, a lot of people are excited about him. But we learned the other day, we got some inside scoop, that the bid is not dead yet. There's been a lot of reports mm-hmm. that Oklahoma State will not play in the NCAA tournament this year. It's a foregone conclusion. But the appeals are happening. We can report that. Stop Kate the count. Cunningham, yes, stop the count now. <laughs> Let Kate Cunningham play in March. That's what we are saying. So there still is hope. We wanted. To, I think the storyline is like the Cade Cunningham experience and then also yeah. that storyline of like trying to get them into March. So Yeah, we're, we're trying to get that. We're doing whatever we can. We, we are officially making this known. And again, Iowa fans, don't take this the wrong way. We're not mm-hmm. saying Cade Cunningham for National Player the year what we are saying is Cade Cunningham for March Madness yes we are we are throwing the weight of our podcast whatever weight mm-hmm. that might be mm-hmm. we are throwing it behind getting Oklahoma State into the NCAA tournament now I will say they have to win like I'm not I'm not getting behind if this is a Ben Simmons LSU situation count me out mm-hmm. I'm saying if Oklahoma State is brings the goods if Cade Cunningham is as good as advertised which he's supposed to be six seven point guard sees the floor can can do it all he's a six seven do it all point guard not a lot of those that, that come into college basketball very often. So mm-hmm. uh if 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 all if they live up to the hype, Tate and I are are we just want to make it known we are going to do whatever we can to get them in the tournament. As you said, as it turns out, we were wrong. Oklahoma State, if the tournament was today, they're in. They're eligible. They're eligible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because by by virtue of appeal, you're eligible until not ineligible, mm-hmm. basically. So now they are back to eligible until the final ruling comes in. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know yeah. if like, so keep stringing it out. Keep yeah. it. Keep This is red tape and, season. And, and then as next a reminder, year, if, tournament. if you're yeah. scratching your head, you're saying, why would you guys cheer for a team that cheated? Why would like have, have a backbone? What's going on here? Um, what happened at Oklahoma state was not bag dropping per se. Now they, they may have dropped bags. We can't prove it. I don't know. Who knows? It's college bass. It's the wild west. We, we, we don't know what's going on out there, but what they got, what they what they're on the hook for is Lamont Evans, assistant coach at Oklahoma State, was steering players already at Oklahoma State to financial advisors and agents once they were already there. So mm-hmm. Oklahoma State gained zero competitive advantage from what happened, and that is the reason we feel like this is ridiculous. That is the reason we think it's wrong. Mm-hmm. We think it's wrong, mm-hmm. and the NCAA should do something about it. So, uh, just just as the backstory, that's why yeah. that's why we're yeah. we're, we're team Kate Cunningham. Team. We're 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 team Oklahoma State this year because yeah. Like if you, you said, told me if yeah. you told me that they paid Kate Cunningham three hundred thousand dollars and it's proof that we have proof, and that's why they're ineligible, then I know I would be like yeah. We'd we probably be rules. like yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. There are out. rules. I'm sorry, you lose, get out. But uh, that's not what happened. At least that's not what they can prove. So uh, anyway, that's it. Uh, number four. Mm, mm. number four is simple easy uh it is a league that we love and they're so near and dear to our heart the old big east is back and i want to reiterate that the old big east Mm -hmm. is back and it's simple yukon is back in the old big east praise to the old big east gods the basketball gods themselves we have the magic we have the rivalries we have the history we have dan hurley will he take a charge on another big east coach a lot of people are saying that will probably happen uh, this is good for basketball. This is good for college basketball. We're happy to have you come back. Yep. 
UConn is back, Tate. Uh, Matt Norlander of CBS Sports says that UConn is the eighth best program of all time. Mm. Of all time. They Are they blue blood? I don't know. I'll leave that to no. the blue blood experts. But uh, they are, according to CBS, the eighth best program ever. Uh, this is not trivial, UConn being back in the Big East. I, I like to ham it up. When when the announcement was made, I, I, you know, I, I like to lean into the old Big East shtick and, and all that sort of thing. But I do think it matters. I think it is uh, – it, it, we've been saying it all show tonight that that brands matter in college basketball that mm-hmm. that the, it's almost the, the branding wars are almost more important than the the basketball what, the yeah. basketball on the court mm-hmm. yeah uh and having UConn back in the big east this is huge for them for recruiting this is huge for just the whole brand the excitement in stores like people that were UConn fans maybe they stopped being fans uh, as the Kevin Ollie years wore on and you look up and you're playing eastern carolina and tulsa mm-hmm. and you're like what the hell is going on eastern what? carolina <laughs> Yeah, East Carolina. It's like the idea of Eastern Carolina. Like, there's an even smaller school that they're playing. But you're right. I mean, UConn is Tulane. Uh, you're playing yeah, Tulane, and yeah, they're like, "What? Yeah. What the hell happened? What happened? Yeah. Where are yeah. we? Where's my Big East? Uh, yeah, Where, what's yeah. going Where on here? Big, where my Big East going? <laughs> uh, it's back. Yeah, they're back. Uh, and also, the other reason to be excited about UConn being back in the Big East is that James Booknight is. I mean. He's going to be a great basketball. He he is good enough to win Big East Player of the Year. I know I've handed out Big East Player of the Year to David Duke and Marcus Zagorowski mm. already and Colin Gillette. Like I've handed it out to seven guys already. <laughs> but uh put Book Knight on the list. Um he's got he's got Shabazz Kimba vibes. I'll mm-hmm. I'll say it. I'll I'll throw mm-hmm. it out there. I'm not saying I'm saying shades of. I'm gonna use the Kevin O'Connor. Shades yeah. of. Shades of. They're not shades the same. Of. Just shades not of. Not the same, but shades of. So uh in a weird in a weird year 2020. When you're saying to yourself, what's the weirdest thing that could possibly happen? I don't know. How about a UConn team that's like not that good, but has one really good player? Yeah. What if they go on a mm. run in March? Is that is that something you feel like is plausible? I don't know. Have uh, you yeah. seen that before? I mean, <laughs> and, and Dan Hurley, he has 10, 10 of the 13 players are his guys on the team. Mm-hmm. He said that. these are, I have 10 of my guys in the locker room that are his recruits now. So this is the, uh, the Dan Hurley era is officially started at UConn. So I think uh, – that's going to be fun. I, I, I we just got to get Syracuse to get rid of football and then move back to the Big East. I think we're good. I think we're going. Yeah. I think at that point it's done. <laughs> or make Syracuse go independent or like who cares? The rule, throw the rules out the window. Syracuse can be football, ACC. Anything is possible. Like, That's all possible. we have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Number three, speaking of anything being possible, I have to ask <laughs> you this question. Uh, <laughs> the Big Ten, will they win a national championship? Is this the year? Uh, this, this is number our number three. three. This, this is our this number three storyline. Yeah, this yeah. Is number, this is the only thing that's ever mattered to me for the last 20 years. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no. The answer is no. The answer, uh, the answer is maybe. I think there's so, a chance. This, this year, there's a higher chance than most. But this is the problem. The Big Ten, the Big Ten is definitely going to be the best league in college mm-hmm. basketball. I, the Big Twelve will be second, but the Big Ten is absolutely loaded, top to bottom, mm-hmm. and and it is it is very very good. But I mean, is Illinois winning the national championship? Is Iowa winning the national? Is Wisconsin? Is this Michigan State team winning the national champ? No, probably not, and that sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because it but, is going to be. But can they year. can they make it to the national? Can they make it to the? Game? Yes, we've we've seen that yes. over and over. I think it's five. Happened. I think five of those teams in the Big Ten can make it to the national championship. Six game. different schools, seven different times. The Big mm-hmm. Ten since two thousand has has made it to a national championship and lost. Uh, even that doesn't even include Butler. The two years they went, which at the time Butler felt like a Big Ten little brother. You know, 
like mm-hmm. little Indianapolis school. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you're in Big Ten country. We'll count you. All the Big Ten fans were like cheering for him. They're like, yeah, that'd be cool to see you guys beat Duke or UConn. And then they lose as well, both of theirs. Uh, Iowa has the best odds, according to VegasInsider.com. They're at 10 to 1. They're the they're number three in the country. I think it's like Villanova and Gonzaga are the top two, and then Iowa's mm. number three. So that mm. right there just already worries me. Vegas says Iowa is the best shot the Big Ten has, and Iowa doesn't play defense. Yeah, I was gonna say Illinois. Illinois to me is the best shot, and yeah. uh, but that's still with seven guys. Uh, so so let, let's yeah. let's let's widen this net. Uh, west of the Mississippi or Big Ten. Let's just put all the droughts together. Mm. That the, the West of the Mississippi one's only been twelve years because Kansas won in 08, but uh. Is, is one of those is going to get broken, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. West of the Mississippi is going to get broken because I think Gonzaga has a real shot. I think if Gonzaga, Gonzaga wins it this year, Baylor, yeah. Baylor, yep. yep, Kansas again even would count. Yeah, yeah. Uh, UCLA, UCLA. <laughs> I don't know. Arizona I just, State. I just want. Maybe? Yeah, we need. We need. We need. You we guys need one. We need one. Il- Illinois would be the one. Illinois would be the one, I think, to bring college basketball back in the Midwest. If Illinois won the national championship with Coffee Coburn and, and Io DeSumo, like that, those two guys are so likable and they're so electric. It's, yeah. It would be such a moment for college basketball. I'm going to call Illinois. myself out. Everyone, like, f- throw this back in my face because I already know it's going to happen. Uh, mm. When another Big Ten team wins the title and I'm not happy about it, please throw it back in my face all yes. the times that I've When been Michigan like, wins a championship for, yeah. in four years, I will be, I'll make sure to bring that up. Yeah, br- please bring it up that I've been saying for 20 years, like I would do anything just to see another Big Ten title. And then mm-hmm. Purdue. And it, it, like, because you just said, <laughs> yeah, Purdue wins. I'm going to be like, get these guys out of here. So like, Coach Chinese will not come on the show yeah, anymore. Yeah, Matt Painter's like, holding up the trophy. And I'm like, <laughs> him? That's the guy? That's the guy that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there, there's no scenario where I'll be happy unless it's Indiana or Ohio State. But at the same time, as it stands right now, I just want to see the Big Ten one one. Rutgers basketball. For the Rutgers, <laughs> Rutgers, I wouldn't be mad. Rutgers, yeah, I'd that'd be, be like, great. Let's get let's get wild. <laughs> uh, for the health of the sport, though, Big Ten, please win one. Uh, number two, I'll take this one. Mm. Is Scott Drew a good coach, Tate? Wow. It's a question I've been asking for years. It's since back. I since I've been paid to cover college basketball, I've been throwing this question out. It gets people hot. They, they just get steam and mad. You see the mm. steam coming out of their ears, and you don't know which way it's going to go. People, you, you, you throw the question out on the internet. You say, is Scott Drew a good coach? And the, the, the replies will start with, are you out of your mind, dude? Mm-hmm. What an asinine question. And mm-hmm. you read to that point, and you still don't know what the guy's going to say. Yeah, you still yeah. don't know if it's going to yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, okay, continue. Right? Yes. I don't know where this is going. <laughs> uh, because as a reminder, Scott Drew has uh I by the way, I saw this on the the three man weave, our our mm. good friends. They do they do great they do great work. They have a yeah, podcast of their own yep. and they uh uh they do these preseason previews as well where they type up all this information on all these teams. They wrote out their Baylor preview tape, and the first line of the preview of the Baylor Outlook this year reads Scott Drew, pull up a chair. You've officially admitted you're you've been officially admitted to the elite coaches roundtable. So they're saying not only is he good, he's elite. And to that I say Scott Drew has never won a Big mm. 12 regular season or tournament mm-hmm. ever in his entire ever. career. Never mm-hmm. won a power conference title of any kind, regular season or postseason. Ever. Yeah. Also never made a Final Four. He's he's by far the best. I'll give him that. He's the, by far the best coach to have never done that. Uh, he is in his 18th season at Baylor, and he's never done that. He's 0 for 17 on winning trophies, Big 12 trophies. Uh, no power conference school, no power conference coach has been at their school that long and not want to concentrate, like not even close. The, mm-hmm. the second closest, are you ready for this? So no one's been at a school, at a power conference school for 18 years and not won one. You know, like Mike Bray was close, but he won an ACC tournament, you know? Yep. Yep. Um, 
So the second longest tenure, it, it, Scott Drew's going in his 18th year. The second longest tenure to power school with no conference trophies is a guy going into his 11th year. His name is Brad Brownell. Oh, that yes. is the company you're keeping, Scott. Yes. Drew. So you're telling yes. me in one on one hand, Scott Drew is elite. On the other hand, he's doing things that. He's uh, a good guy. Yeah. Brad yeah. Brownell has not won a trophy in 11 years and people are ready to fire him. Scott Drew's been there 18 years and hasn't won a trophy. I don't know, Tate. I'm just asking, is he a good coach? We're going to find out this year. I think mm. this is the year we find out. Finally. I, I think it's the greatest question in college sports, like you said. I think 2010 was the the moment that Scott Drew and Baylor, they played Duke in the Elite Eight. They had a real chance in that game. Mm-hmm. They could have won that game. If that happens, they go to the Final Four. We never had this question brought up again. Scott Drew is at the Elite Roundtable, but I, I can't put him at the round table right now. I, I uh, this, no. this is not the time. He's at the kids table. He's at the elite yeah. kids table. He's an elite coach, mm-hmm. but at the kids table is what I'm mm-hmm. going to say. Because um, mm-hmm. Baylor's going to be very good, Tate. Baylor's going to be a national title contender. They were last year. They brought basically everybody back but Freddie Gillespie. Uh, I, there's a lot to like about Baylor. Mm. But we've been here before. Yes. Yes. So many times. We've so many times. So yeah. Let's see. Fingers crossed. Come on, coach. Come on, we, coach Drew. We did it though. We made it all the way to number one. Yes, this is uh, this is simple. This is easy. This is the number one storyline. This is our number one uh, thing that we will be watching and focusing on because it was taken away from us a year ago, uh, or even this year, this calendar year. Mm-hmm. And we have to say this, and we will write it down on the board, the chalkboard, as many times as we need to. We will go full Bart Simpson on this thing. There will be an NCAA tournament. There will be. There will be an NCAA tournament. There will be an NCAA tournament. The last two weeks, I wake up every morning, I stare mm. in the mirror, and I say over and over to myself, there will be an NCAA tournament. There will be an NCAA tournament. There will be. There will an be. An NCAA tournament. <laughs> Keep saying it there every day be. to yourself. It's going uh, to happen. If you believe it, you will achieve it, and we yeah. will all achieve March Madness, and that is the um, number one storyline. In, in all honesty, will there be an NCAA tournament? <laughs> I'm feeling good about it. I like that they I like that they picked Indy for the site. Whether you know, like obviously I I love I, I love Indy, so that's mm. cool. But even if it wasn't Indy, I like that they are proactive and they said we're gonna play it in one site. That is a good move because that that is as we talked about it on the last show. That is something that I my fear was that they would announce that on March first and try to scramble and make it happen. The fact that they have now a lot of time to plan for this, which is all I've ever wanted, because college basketball has had more time than any other sport to to come up with a plan. Because mm-hmm. we were in the thick of it, we we had the rug pulled out from under us, and then the clock started right then on March twelfth, um, and and it was like figure it out. You got to figure it out for next season. And the fear was that we haven't quite figured it out. I'm still not a hundred percent sure that we figured it out. I'm worried these non conferences are gonna get games are gonna get canceled. I'm worried. I mean, you're looking at what college football has going on, and it's mm-hmm. a mess. I mean, it's, it's an absolute yeah. minefield. You pull up your score app, and it's just a minefield of like canceled, 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 postponed, canceled, whatever. Um, I'm sure there's going to be more of the same with college basketball, but there will be an NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. There will mm-hmm. be. There has. Write to. that down. I don't know Mark how they're going to. I don't know how they're going to build the field. Also, I should say that. Like, I don't know how. That's not my problem. I don't care. Select yeah. the committee. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Figure it mm-hmm. out. There's mm-hmm. going to be an NCAA tournament. So yeah, there will be a controlled environment in Indianapolis. We will finally have March Madness. We will be watching and writing along this entire season. We have done it. Titus, our top 100 things to watch. Uh, I know that my head's about to explode. So yeah, you, you I, want it like in your head, you wanted as you got to number one to just be full of energy and be like, uh, we yeah. did it, sell it this season. And I'm just like, <laughs> 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 all right, we did it. 
Yeah, it. we did it. Now yeah. we have college well, basketball. We're we're so college close. basketball starts next week. Oh, goddamn! Mm. Feels so good. Mm. It feels so good. Yeah. Uh, shout out to closeouts. Let's wrap this thing up. Let's shout out to the friends of the program because uh, a year ago, you and I, we did not have a podcast. We were uh, we trying to figure out what we were going to do in the world, and we, you know, we ended up going to the Maui Invitational, launching our own podcast, and and you know, the rest is history. But we're you know almost a year. Uh, away from that moment, uh, we were at our own version of the crossroads. So I just want to say, doing a preview, I wanted to thank everyone that's listened and followed along because yeah, yeah, we it's not a, a guarantee. So we, we did, uh, yeah. We I mean, it. like we 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 kind of took a chance and and thought, you know, I think people are into this show or into the idea of like what we're trying to do here enough that we could like go for it, you know. Yep. And uh, we did, and 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 we we would not have been able to do it without the people that listen, without the friends of the program. So we we genuinely do appreciate that because uh, we Tate and I again, we, much like we say there will be an NCAA tournament, we were doing that a year ago. We were like, we'll be fine, we'll be we'll be fine, mm-hmm. right? Like we'll be mm-hmm. fine. Like people mm-hmm. will be fine. People, <laughs> and you're trying to talk yourself into it, and then uh, here we are a year later, and um, we're doing fine. We're doing just fine. And it's because of you guys. We without you yep. guys, we're not doing fine. <laughs> yeah. We're not. Exactly. So uh thank you to uh, thank you to all you guys listening. Uh I, I have one big shout out. Um, and as we're getting sentimental, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be even more sentimental. Um ooh, whoa. <laughs> I was making fun of the guys crying in the draft. It, it just suddenly came over me. I was about to start crying. Uh my dad today, he doesn't want me to talk. My dad listens to every podcast. He doesn't, he he would hate that I'm talking about this, but uh I'm 33 now. He he has no control over me anymore. I'm my own man. So dad, if you want to want to ground me, good luck. Um, so my dad, the first appearance he made on this podcast was uh, when Bob Knight was introduced to halftime of the assembly hall, the Purdue game. You remember the state. Yep. Uh, yep. We thought, why don't we call my dad and get his thoughts? Uh, so I texted my dad as it was happening. I was like, Hey, you want to come on the show and talk about Knight showing up? Cause you went to IU and you have a lot of thoughts on it. And he was like, I would love to, but I don't, I don't think I'll be good. I said, dad, you'll be awesome. We'll be fine. He was, he was very, very nervous to do that. Um, and, and he comes on the show that night and, uh, I text him as soon as we got done talking to him. And I said, you were amazing. I thought you killed it. I, most of the people listening to the show thought he was awesome. He was like the right amount of, uh, curmudgeon old man, but also like kind of <laughs> self-aware about it. And people seem yeah. to love it, whatever. So I text him. I was like, I, I think people are going to really like that dad. And he's like, good. That's all I wanted call me when you're done with the rest of the show. So you and I, we, we taped the rest of the show. I called him and I was like, dad, you killed it. And he, he sat there and he let me talk for like 30 minutes. And then uh, he told me that that morning uh, he had found out that he had prostate cancer mm. and he, I'm, I'm crying because like that is, I'm getting broken up because that is my dad is like any other person would have got that news and would have been like, all right, clear everything. I'm done. Like I'm not, you know, my, my dad was like, I don't want to ruin my, my son's moment. He wants to have me on the show. I want to do this and whatever. Uh, so he stepped to the plate. He, he didn't, he didn't bring it up to me before the show. He didn't want it to affect the show, whatever he wanted. He, he, he's totally a guy that's like, I I'm fine. I don't, you don't need to worry about me. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, so it was a good prognosis. It wasn't, there wasn't anything to be super concerned about. Um, they were just going to take his prostate out and everything's going to be fine. So as he's getting ready to have surgery, uh, the COVID stuff hits and suddenly like all the medical protocols get thrown around and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so everything gets kicked down the, 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 the can gets kicked down the road and, and we're waiting on, on when are we going to have the surgery, all that sort of stuff. There's no reason to panic though. No one's really panicking. Um, 
And then we decided we set a date for the surgery and he goes and he gets a, a, a pre-surgery uh, uh, physical, I guess. I guess you got to yeah. get like checked to make sure you can get put under and they can do the surgery and that everything's going to be fine and all that. And when he does this, they find a, a, a I'm sorry, I, my medical knowledge isn't great. So those of you listening that are doctors or whatever, they're probably pulling your hair out hearing me try to explain this. But they find that like one of his main arteries is 95% blocked. And it's like an emergency, like the doctor says, basically, like, if you died, right, if you just fell over dead right now, like we would not have been surprised. Like, you, I don't, it was a widowmaker situation is what they called it. Yeah. Um, so they put a stent in, they take care of that. Uh, he, he's counting his blessings. All of that is it, everything's fine. Fast forward. The whole reason I'm bringing this up is my dad, he finally had the prostate surgery today and I guess everything's fine and clear, but this has been, uh, it's been on my heart for a long time. Certainly this entire 2020, I don't, he didn't want me to talk about it. I don't care. Um, I'm just, I'm just super happy for him because, uh, I just wanted to give him a shout out cause he's become a character on the show and he's, yeah. he's been going through this battle, like kind of quietly. Cause he also is someone who's like looking around at the world around him and saying, the problems that other people are having in the world are so much bigger than my problems. So I don't want to like bring it up to anybody. And, uh, and so I'm going to bring it up for him and I'm going to yeah. say, my dad had his surgery today. He's fine. Uh, I called, I talked to him today. He, 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 uh, he answered the phone and I said, how are you feeling? He's like, I, I'm in some pain. They, they, I got these, the, whatever they're there. I'm on this med, whatever, whatever. And he takes a deep breath and he's like, but I got to tell you, Mark, watching that draft, like the Big Ten, we just didn't have that many guys get drafted. <laughs> so he said, that was his first thought. That's I, was like, all right. I was like, all right, he's back. He's going to be fine. So uh, uh, anyway, he, he, he's, he's got a clean bill of health. He's all fine. He's got to wear a catheter for a couple of weeks. Um, so he's excited about that. He can just sit on the couch and just piss and not have to get up and go take a leak and i told him he's gonna he's gonna leave it in for he's gonna it's gonna be time to take it out he's gonna be like i don't want to take it out <laughs> yeah, it's like this is great yeah yeah no but i mean i, I just anyway. want to say like i appreciate you sharing that and and i think that says a lot about you know what we have with the show and with the friends of the program because i mean you and i i mean we're real friends in real life and you know mm -hmm. i love coach titus i love your mom i mean my family loves you and like this is a real thing so like uh i don't know yeah, it it's was, great to hear that it was a good coach prognosis titus. the whole way it was a good it was a a good kind of cancer to have and it was a pretty straightforward surgery but as you know I, no cancer is a good cancer to have and no yeah. surgery is a fun surgery you know so yeah. um you know it was never dire we were never really that worried but uh you know like i just said you you don't you don't it's, it's it was just a weird time and, and especially with the heart problem that came up and you just start thinking like what ifs and all that kind of stuff and uh yeah. i don't know it's just been a tumultuous year and emotionally for my family because of just thinking of the you let your mind go wild tate yeah exactly and, man it's uh the, to kind of be at the worse. finish line now with or seems like we're at the finish line now with with a lot of the, the, the problems um I don't know. It's cool. So my mom, by the way, shared with me that he's, he's got to stay in the hospital tonight because he had the surgery this morning. We're recording this Thursday mm -hmm. night. He had it this morning. He's going to stay in the hospital tonight. Uh, and she told me that they don't let him out until uh, I, I swear to God, she said this. They don't let him out until he like farts, basically, until they like <laughs> prove that it's like <laughs> and I was like, this is this is the content we need. We should. Yeah. And I was like, this. I was like, well, I mean, I, I live with that man for 18 years. Like he should have been out in five minutes. Yeah. What yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> now we might have a real problem yeah. oh man so anyway sorry to sorry to bring the mood down but uh no, I, no, I just no. got that i actually i literally just talked to him uh right before we sat down to record so uh i, I was kind of overcome with that and 
wanted to share. So yeah, we should, we, uh, that was a great, you know, final shout out. And like you said, we, we've got to the finish line. That's, uh, that's what we've been trying to do this entire time. Just get to the finish line preseason. We did it. We got our awards. We got coach Titus feeling better. Uh, the world's uh, look, we got hope. That's all we need. We, we need hope. hope on this program. Hope is a good thing. Maybe the yes. best of things. Yes. Yes. And no good thing ever dies. Uh, Hey, watch us on FS one on Monday night. Mm. We're doing the preview show, uh, set your DVR, uh, Call your friends. I don't know. Whatever, whatever your, your viewing schedule is, we need this. This might be <laughs> yeah. the last time we're yeah. on television. Yeah. So, if uh, they have a Nielsen box, call yeah, them. Just call tell them, them to call watch. Them, tell, them, tell them that's all you're watching. <laughs> Monday Night Football, never heard of it. Get it out of here. <laughs> yeah. Watch us instead. College basketball, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, also, I started a newsletter. So if, if you're someone who has been following my work for a long time and you're like, Titus, when are you going to write again? I got great news. The answer is now. Uh, I, I am going to do a college basketball newsletter. Uh, you can go to foxsports.com slash newsletter, sign up for it, subscribe it'll it'll show up in your your email box as tate would like to say check the end mm. mm. check, check the end. end just do it just check come, the on. End. <laughs> come on what's the worst that could happen uh that's it thank you guys so much we will be back next week the show goes on like we're, we're mm. talking like this is it like this is the last show yeah, we're, yeah, gonna yeah. Do. we're no. celebrating though it's just we're we feel like we made it to the finish line it's college basketball starts next week it's been a long road to get here but i'll be goddamn we're gonna be seeing college basketball on our television next mm. week